0: Welcome back to the Carp Chronicles podcast with Dean Towie. Long awaited, I must say. Dean first came on our podcast just about two years ago, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me. It doesn't seem like that long ago at all. Um, But nonetheless, Dean is back. He has been massively requested. Uh, His two episodes that we did previously went down really, really well. And I'm sure many of you will be very, very happy to hear Dean back on the podcast As you can imagine, this is a bait-focused podcast. We don't go too in-depth with things, but of course there are moments where it is quite technical. Um, I'd like to think that that there's something for everyone in this episode. You don't need to be a a bait guru to understand what Dean is on about. We keep it fairly simple um, and hopefully, you know, very interesting for you all. Before we jump into the episode, of course, sponsored by OptiBaits, which is my bait company, which helps support this podcast. We have two new products, which will no doubt be of great interest to many of you, which are both designed to target the bigger, older carp. Now, bigger fish and older fish have different receptors. So they pick up on different food signals and they have a preference for different types of foods. So these two products are designed to target those type of fish. So definitely not for everyone, but if you're after old big carp, then you definitely wanna have a look at these. They are both based around Green Lip Muscle Extract, the full-fat, high-quality version, I might add. Don't go for the defatted. Despite what some companies will tell you, it is not a better product. It's a cheap byproduct, which is why a lot of companies sell the defatted version. Unfortunately, the full-fatted version is a lot more expensive. It has a shorter shelf life, but it's much more effective. Anyway, these two products, uh, which are the Primer Powder, and the Hydro Blend are both focused around green-lipped mussel and they contain many other different compounds which echo the effectiveness of the green-lipped mussel extract. So definitely check them out. As I said, it's a powder which you would use for bait dusting, hook bait dusting, in with your particles, bag sticks, any way you can get it into the swim. It's going to be a winner. Um, it'll actually float up and down the water column and it is extremely attractive and coinciding with that there is a hydro blend which is a blend of fermented liquids and hydrolyzed liquid infused with full fat green lip muscle extract so very very good products So far, the results, to be honest, have even stunned me. Um, It's taken fish to to 50 pounds in the UK. Um, 66 pounds, I believe, is the biggest one overseas to be caught on this stuff so far. Um, Loads of 40s have come out from the UK, tons of 30s. It really is actually um, exceeding all expectations. So definitely go and check that out if you want to target bigger, older carp. That is available from optibaits.com optibaits.com that is it we'll jump in but before we do nearly forgot of course this episode is also brought to you by BP Milling go ahead check out BP Milling feeds at bpmilling.co.uk sustainable fish feed great stuff highly recommended by myself and in fact you can grab 10% off of their website if you use the code chronicles10 that's it for the intro won't waffle on anymore enjoy this episode with Dean towie i'll tell you what we will start with a bit of a fact did you know that your first episode with us was recorded well it was recorded over two years ago but it was published a week tomorrow two years ago
1: yeah
2: i thought it was about two years yeah yeah a long that time ago. fucking crazy to me it doesn't seem like that long ago at all <laughs> Yeah, I should have. I should have been back on about three times during that period, but it's just never happened, does it?
0: I know, I know. Well, to be fair, we have we lost we we recorded an episode, didn't we? But we lost the audio. Um, yeah, yeah, which is a bit of a fucker. But yeah, anyway, welcome back to the podcast. Tipple of the yeah. episode, are you? Uh, you having a few?
2: Yeah, I'm on the Guinness. I'm not any Guinness for a while, and I thought to get some Guinness tonight, mate, But it's it's gone up now. It's gone up quite a bit. But the one pint cans now. One pint cans, Guinness. Then it used to be the small cans, but the one pint does now.
0: Yeah, I like a pint can, mate.
2: I do. I don't... I, don't, I usually buy bottles, to be honest with you, and well, then you, just... you, you. You've got to pour Guinness anyway out the can. You can't drink it out the can. You have to pour it into a pint glass, or so it just doesn't taste right.
0: Yeah. I've never got into Guinness, to be honest. I went to Ireland. Uh, my brother lives there. And obviously, that's all I drunk, Guinness. But I just can't, can't get into it at all. Other beers I like. quite like IPAs, which is what I'm drinking tonight.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't like those IPAs at all.
0: Do you not. They vary a lot. I think, and some of them are—it's like it's more like a cider, like a fruity cider, than it is a fucking beer. But yeah, I quite like them. I'm
2: quite into them. Yeah, I can. Re- I can remember. It was probably about. I don't know. I it's about four years ago now. But that's the only alcoholic drink I've ever tipped away. My mom had a load of that punk IPA in the blue. Was it black and blue cans? Was it? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, she had a load of that for Christmas because uh, my niece likes it. I thought, oh, I'll try one of these. I opened it up, mate, and I, I had one taste of it and tipped it down the sink. <laughs> yeah. I've never done that. Be- I've never done that before with an alcoholic
0: drink. Yeah, brew dog. I'm not too keen on that Punk IPA, to be honest. No, nah,
2: I didn't like but... it at
0: all. I, mean, I, I haven't tried any others, so. Yeah, may- maybe maybe should try one of the others more. But... Yeah. yeah, some good ones, mate. There is some good ones. I think it was Brewdog that really kicked off the whole microbrewery IPA thing, wasn't it? Yeah, probably, because
2: the first one I saw were IPAs, yeah.
0: Mm. yeah. Anyway, mate, what's I mean, lot's happened, obviously, since you last been on. Have you been
2: out fishing much recently? I've done a bit. I haven't done loads this year, to be honest with you. Um, just been fishing, actually, but we won't talk about it. But it was a disaster. I had five. caught five beam. Well, no, it wasn't a disaster. It was actually nice. It was a nice trip. Um, I went onto the canal, um, rural canal. There's sort of a lake in the middle of the canal. So that'll give it away to anybody who knows what I'm talking about. It was pretty local. Uh, I mean, it's about 20 odd miles from my house, but it's rural. And it's where I caught the first cop that I ever caught on a boilie in 1990. So I just fancied a trip down memory lane. So I rang, I rang the. I rang one of the chaps up who runs the club and I just had a little chat with him, just make sure they've still got the stretch. And I uh, thought I'd buy the ticket and i just just done a couple of nights on there. And it's it was it was nice, but I didn't see any carp, unfortunately. Uh, it's well known for Bream. I and mean, it's always had a big out of Bream. But um, they're nomadic, aren't they, Canal Carp? They can be anywhere. Um, it was well known it, back in the late 80s. Early nineties, I think. Well, I just found this out actually when I've just been there. I was talking to an old chap who came along, he was fishing. I mean, still he's doing well, he's seventy eight and he still goes fishing on his bike. And he, he told me that the carp had been a lot of carp had been put in there in nineteen eighty eight, and that sounds about right because people were catching a few then. I mean, we didn't really know what we we're doing, and I had two takes on the first night I ever fished it. Uh but yeah, but there's a there's a marina. That's not that far from the wide. Carp always like the marinas. Uh so yeah. It could have been anywhere, but there's people fishing it because the, the the bushes are flattened up, the the brown now are flattened and pushed back in a few places. So there's people definitely fishing it. So but didn't get anything this time, mate, unfortunately. Mm. It's the thing with
0: canals, it's can't go missing. They jump through locks, I'm sure they get yeah. stolen. It's unknown quantity isn't it to a large degree which is kind of nice I suppose
2: yeah I mean like I say I I just fancied a trip down memory lane but um, didn't see anything either though. but I'll be honest with you I can't ever remember seeing a carp when I fished it between I think it was about first started fishing for the bream at about 89 and then I fished it a few times up to about 93 for carp can't ever remember seeing one never saw one jump or anything but we had, a, we had we had a few. We didn't have loads out there, but we had a few out. Uh, but yeah, but like you say, with the with the locks and stuff, it's it's interesting there because I do know one stretch locally, and um, that's between two locks, and there's a marina in the not in the middle of it, but there's a marina in the stretch, and those carp. They get caught from that stretch. They've never moved, have they? They've been in there years, and they've never gone through the locks or nothing. They, they're not always in the marina, but they spend a lot of time in the marina, but they do get in the main canal, but they've never moved. I mean, still, there's fish getting caught out of that canal that have been in there. So now, to my knowledge, they've been getting caught for going on 20 years, some of those fish.
0: Yeah, i got I got a personal question for you, Dean. <laughs> Sorry, mate, We jump straight into it. How old are you? 48 i am mate. You're 48 are you? 48 yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. So you there was I don't know if you put a picture on Facebook or something of I think it, I don't know if it was your daughter or son I can't remember. One of your kids basically. I remember thinking fucking how I didn't didn't think you'd be old enough to have a kid of that age but I, I would never have put you down for 48. Yeah,
2: I'm getting old now mate. My knees are giving up on me and everything.
0: And you're knocking <laughs> on 50's well, door, aren't you?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I've got uh, I've got two stepchildren. Like, my missus had two children when I met her. Right. Uh, they were, they were four and eight uh, when we met. So they're twenty eight, ah, yeah. they're twenty eight, 28 and twenty four now. Um, but my son's seventeen. He was seventeen the other week. So yeah, well, I'm I mean I'm old enough to be their biological father anyway. You know, twenty eight just means I would have had a, a child when I was twenty. So yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Playmate Anyway, sorry, I just wanted to ask you. Um, into bait, I mean, everyone that's listening to this, obviously they're tuning in to to listen to your, your extensive bait knowledge. Um, and I know last time we spoke about opioids quite a lot. And we've basically, for the listener, but obviously me and Dina we spoke earlier about what we're going to cover. There's basically two things, main things, that I think we're going to cover today. Of course, we'll go down shitload of rabbit holes, as we always do. One of them is opioids and the other is targeting big, big carp, which is something that I've really been looking into recently. Um, But starting off with the opioids, mate, I mean, obviously two years ago, I don't don't know if you're anything like me, but my knowledge is changing all the time. My opinion changes as well. Is your stance on opioids the same as it was when we spoke last? Have you found out any more? What's your stance on it at the moment?
2: Yeah, I mean, we've got to be a bit careful. Um because o- otherwise we can make it a bit a bit esoteric where it's going to be a little bit too narrow uh, for the for the listener and they'll need too much knowledge to understand what we're talking about. So just try to keep it fairly simplistic in, in general. Um, otherwise, like I say, people's background knowledge might have to be a little bit too specialized to understand things properly. But my, my knowledge hasn't uh, my opinion hasn't changed at all on opioids. In base, I mean, knowledge has probably progressed a little bit, but I'd already done a lot of work on it before I ever did the first podcast with you. I've done a lot, of, done quite a lot of work on that between probably 2008 and 2015. More, more so, 2008 and around 2011, 12. But then, once I started on this wheat line, I thought I did quite a bit of work on that. And that coincided with the creation of another bait and stuff, so but yeah, it hasn't. Yeah, I my mean, opinion's not changed. I definitely think, um, there's a distinct possibility that cop can get attached to um baits due to the fact that they're liberating these bioactive peptides, opioids, if you like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we didn't talk completely about everything that I, I'd researched and, and knew about. When we spoke about it before, because there is quite actually quite quite a lot more things that can liberate these opioid-like peptides um, that you can include in beta. So that so that's that's something we didn't talk about last time.
0: Yeah, case of morphines and and gluteomorphins were the main things. Yeah, I think they're, they're the only
2: two actually. Yeah, yeah. What, they're, what, they're whatever, they're...
0: whatever sources
2: of opioids are there? Well, that put in a bait. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't read about these things. I mean, why well, you don't read much about any of it, really. The case of morphine's been covered a bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you can get, um, well, you do get opioid-like peptides, bioactive peptides from whey proteins. Um, also, which will probably surprise people, you can get them from uh, meat derivatives. Well, mainly the blood powders, really. So you've got your purified blood powder, possibly even blood plasma. I'm not 100% sure on that, but 100% definitely purified blood powder. You get opioid like peptides liberated from that. Um, you can get some from maize, uh, I think rapeseed. There's quite a lot of things that have got potential for this to happen.
0: What? What? The, the blood the blood powder surprises me. What is it in there that, like, what...
2: Well, they, what they've all got their...
0: Sorry? What, what, what part of the blood is providing the opioids?
2: Um, well, it'll, it'll just be one part of the, the proteins. I don't know, it may, maybe the albumin-like stuff that's in there. or uh, But I know from my research that you do get things called hemorphins. So that's basically the opioid-like peptides that can be liberated from from blood, blood powder. And blood powders, so it's something I have used, and it's quite a good ingredient, to be honest with you. Uh, but I've never used Well, I, I say I've never used it. I've never sold a bait with it in at high levels because it doesn't smell particularly nice, and it makes your bait go black if you put quite a bit of it in. So It's quite yeah. firming as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good it's, – it's probably, I would say, it's probably the best value for money binding – and hardening ingredient you can buy because it's not expensive at all and it's got about 92 percent protein it's high quality protein and it's cheap blood powder is, but like i say the only problem is uh put more than about two percent in it it'll make your bait go black and it doesn't smell particularly nice i mean the carp don't mind it at all and that's what it's all imp- that's the most important thing but yeah um but yeah it does does give you bait a bit of a bit of a pong i mean it depends what else is in the bait but it does come through you can smell the blood powder in your bait Mm. Mm. and it's and it's a bugger to to work with as well because it's proper fine and it gets everywhere sticky gets all over the place oh
0: yeah yeah it's like spirulina isn't it you find it yeah
2: it it, it goes everywhere blood powder does yeah well i mean when i when i used to sell the bait with it in i think i used to use this at about two percent and from, from a binding and hardening point of view, um, 2% was more than enough, really. It was enough. So, so these opioids that are in the the heme,
0: presumably, obviously, you're not going to get that in blood plasma, are you, powder? I'm not
2: 100% sure because I haven't done enough research to actually state categorically um, whether or not it would be in blood plasma. It may well be. It may well be. Who knows? Um like you say, because I mean, it's called hemorphin, but just because it's got the prefix "hem," it doesn't necessarily mean it's coming from the hemoglobin. I don't know. Um, it, who knows? Who knows? But I know. For, I know it's definitely uh, something that's possibly getting liberated during digestion if you're using purified blood powder. So yeah, hmm. interesting. I
0: as well. I should should have uh, said this at the beginning just backtrack a little bit Uh, for the people that haven't listened to Dean's previous episode um, or episodes the whole idea of utilizing um, opioids in your bait is to act as habit formers so basically to keep the carp coming back almost like morally hopefully morally getting them addicted to the um to, to the to the to the bait right
2: yeah i mean <laughs> it sounds a bit it sounds a bit um it sounds a bit out, out of order saying you're sort of getting addicted to your bait but i'll be totally honest with you that's what everyone's been trying to do anyway from year dot i mean that's why people pre-bait and they try and get people they try and get fish trained to eating the bait but at the end of the day as well um it's not like they're getting nothing out of it so they're getting new tra- they've got to actually eat these things anyway for it to happen, so as long as the bait's pretty nutritional, they they gain something back for it, aren't they? But yeah, you know, there is a distinct possibility that they can be habit-forming baits with a lot of wheat and a lot of casein, a lot of whey protein and a lot of blood powder Uh, like I say, there's there's even there's even um, opioid-like peptides that are possibly liberated from soya as well, so there's there's lots of things that there's lots of things that it can be happening with so, so
0: it's most likely that most baits out there have a certain level of
2: opioid in it, right? I would say so, yeah, I would say so. Um, but obviously, you know, the degree or the um, the possibility of it being habit-forming all depends on the, uh, the quantities, I would say, you know, yeah. the quantities of, of the ingredients in the bait. Yeah, you, cool. you know, it's, it, it's like like um, it's like the wheat thing. I'm pretty. I I think that with wheat, because most ingredients that have got a wheat content, and because wheat's low low protein, you know, it's only thirteen percent protein. I think that you need quite a lot of um, the wheat based ingredients in your bait before you're going to get this habit forming thing going on, which. It's fairly easy to achieve anyway because it's not even costly because most of the wheat-based ingredients are fairly cheap. You know, some bird bird foods have gone up a bit in price, but in general, they're not the most expensive ingredients. No.
0: Yeah, bird foods are expensive now, aren't they? They really are.
2: Yeah, some some of them are. Some of them (laughs) are, mate, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're only buying a one-kilo box of them, some of these bird foods, what you get, uh, they're pretty expensive, yeah.
0: Yeah, I question the like the in this day and age the relevance of of a bird of a bird food in a bait. Um I don't know. I don't personally use them now. I don't really. I think you know. It's if you break down what's in it, you can put those things in individually without some of the less desirable things. You know.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you just want if you just want a few seeds in your bait and um, a bit of roughage or whatever, or yeah, I mean. We could chat about bird foods for ages because it, it's something that I've often, I mean, I do use um, ready-made bird foods from a couple of suppliers. But I I did, at one time, I used to have a bird food blade blend made up for me. Um, it was a local animal feed merchant, and she'd, she'd, uh, she'd grind things up for me as well. So I used to have two different bird foods blended together and ground up. Uh, and that was that was quite good. Uh, but she stopped doing it in the end because it's, she just said it was... Uh, you used to get the grinder all a bit manked up and stuff. And she used to use the grinder for other things. And I think she just got fed up of doing it, really, to be honest with you. So I was only having probably... I don't know. I mean, what? Bird foods. I was probably having maybe half a ton a of year off of, of, of this ground-up bird food. Uh, so, yeah. I mean... She's not an more, she's pretty busy with certain things. They sell all of a lot of things that, that that place does, but yeah, I mean, she used to grind anything up for me, it was quite good, really. But she won't do it anymore. You, you ever fancied getting your own mill? I was looking at them the other day. You can get small ones, can't you, for about 150 <laughs> yeah. quid? You can get the little ones, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not something I mean, even though I'm rolling on machines now, I mean, I do still roll. Based on hand tables, I forget who it was. He was quite surprised when I said that to him the other week. But I still do roll um, two sizes of bait on on the hand tables. But I've got machines, but I've never, I've never really ground anything up other than that bird food blend. Um, I've never had any problems with the two types of machines that I've used. They've always rolled the bait pretty well. And some of my baits have got loads of bits in them, loads of bits and bobs in them. You know. Mm.
0: So, yeah, so back to these opioids, right? Let, let's say someone wants to design a bait around these opioids, these habit forming compounds. Do you think there's like a different level of efficacy between, say, like a casomorphine, an opioid from, from milk um, or from blood or from plant matter? Do, do you think it matters? Or how, how would they interact with the carp differently from one another?
2: Well, um <laughs> the, the the thing is I mean a, a, anything that we're discussing with regard to all this is basically our beliefs because there's very little we spoke about it earlier before we started recording there's very little um scientific information that's yeah. interesting that interests a carpenter from this there's lots of information about um the habit-forming properties of uh, of foodstuffs. There's loads of stuff that you can find out with relation to human beings, uh, but there's there's next to nothing. I mean, there's there's bits and bobs. There's bits and bobs, but there's very little that comes at it from the angle that the angling fraternity is going to going to be interested in. But I mean, f- from 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 what I've done over the years with bait and the different things I've seen um I, w- I would say that the caseins that, that I mean I probably the whey proteins as well really because when when you say the casein you've all all the baits I've ever made with plenty of casein and there's whey protein in there as well so so like your milk style baits they're probably the ones that are going to initiate probably the str- well I Not necessarily the strongest response, but um, because the wheat, like I say, with the wheat, the bird food-based baits, it's quite difficult to get a similar level of opioids being liberated from them because of the fact that wheat's only 13% protein. When you're working with milk casein that's 90% protein, then obviously it's simple mathematics that tells you from that alone you're going to get more liberated. But that said, I still think that you can exploit this opioid thing with wheat-based baits, and and I'm 100% convinced you can get fish on the wheat-based baits, whether you can get them searching out for those baits. You can get them attached to those baits, 100%. I mean, and and when you say you've not used bird foods and you don't use them, um they're not that popular anymore. I mean people bird food baits, they're labeled bird food baits. There's not there's not many firms that sell them anymore, is there? No.
0: No. I mean to be honest, I like a bird food. I like a bird food bait. Um I've used them you know loads and loads over the years it's just you know when you look at the ingredients and the quantities of different things it's like I could if I wanted to go down that route of making a bird food I think I could probably make a much better bird food by adding the things in individually that I would want in there at the levels that I want them it's probably going to be cheaper as well if you see what I mean so
2: yeah well yeah like you say I mean you know um I mean the if you, if you were thinking about working with a, a yellow bread food, then you'd need egg biscuits, and you can't really make egg biscuits yourself. Well, I suppose you could, but I don't think it would be as good as something what you could buy of somebody like Ace. You know?
0: Yeah. So, see, why would you want egg biscuit in your bait?
2: Well, it's... Um... <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> egg biscuits, it's, it, it's definitely... Pretty good with the binding, you know. I mean, all the egg biscuit-based ba- bird foods, like your nectar blends and uh, rad factors and stuff, um, they're, they're all pretty good ingredients, and they bind well. They bind well, and that'll be due to the egg biscuits. That well Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But well, well, I'll, I'll turn it round. So if you were gonna, with you saying you don't use bird foods, I mean, I don't even know. Are you, well, you're not rolling any baits anymore, anyway, are you? Because you're buying the it's all kind of gets his bait.
0: No, I've I've not not bought any from Kenny for a long time. No. All right.
2: Yeah. So you're making some bait for yourself again now, or not Yeah, making my own bait.
0: Um, yes, is is the the short answer. So since since our our first chat, which was over two years ago, <clears throat> um, obviously I went about making a milk protein. I think I even mentioned this on on that podcast.
2: Yeah, you, yeah, you did because um, you're you're trying to get loads of information out to me. You're fishing for information for me, weren't you?
0: yeah 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 so since then so i rolled it used it for a bit used kenny's in between um but yeah so basically for the last probably year but yeah probably about a year i've i've solely been using my own baits which i'm rolling myself um i have used a bit of kenny's i can't remember the last time i bought a bait from kenny's long long time ago nothing against kenny's bait it's extremely good um if i was gonna buy a bait in i wouldn't hesitate to use either kenny's or your own bait scientific baits um but now i've wanted to go down my own route um the baits i'm rolling i'm actually gonna i'll be selling the base mixes i've been selling them to some lads for a while um so yeah i i i love designing bait tweaking bait changing it i'm gonna be honest i don't love the rolling like the constant fucking Nobody does me. Rolling. It's
2: no nobody nobody. I mean, I, I no. did for a job. I did it for a job and it's very boring, mate, rolling baiters. Mm. It's very boring. You know, I, I I love nothing more than going in the unit and having no pressure on me whatsoever to roll any bait, and I can just start tinkering around with different ingredients. Yeah. So I'll try this, I'll try that, or uh, I'll play about with this, I'll play about... but unfortunately that doesn't bring any money in, so um yeah, you've got to get the bait rolled. I mean it's not too bad when I'm machine rolling, but mind you hand rolling's not too bad on the right size. I mean, the only the only two sizes that I sell, um, that I use the use the hand tables for is twelve mils and eighteen mils, and 18s is a walk in the park because they're easy. Yeah. But twelve mils is a real pain in the arse. So if I've got the money next year I'll be buying a machine so I can do twelve mils on the machine.
0: Yes. And I, see I like I like a twenty four miller. And they are a fucking dream to roll. <laughs> like...
2: Yeah, I mean I mean I've got I've got a machine. Um I do advertise these as twenty two mils, but they're not. It's a twenty mil machine. But they cut some of them come out slightly bigger than twenty mil. And uh, I had somebody say, Oh, the odd one wouldn't go in the twenty mil throwing stick, so I thought, well, I better start advertising these as twenty-twos, but they're not, they're twenty mils. And to be fair that machine rolls a damn good 20 mil bait because people think large baits are easy to roll, but they're not. You've got to get everything bang on with a large bait. Otherwise, it, it exaggerates everything so you can tell when they're out. You can't tell when a 12-mile's out, but you can tell when a 20-mile's out.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. See, i got <clears throat> jumping all over the place a little bit, but I've got a question for you, right? And th- this question has sort of played to my mind for the last couple of years, really. Say you want to... Use caseomorphins to act as habit for you know to get the cart to keep eating your bait, basically. Right? Let's say you're going down the route of more of a kind of old school milk protein bait, um, very high levels of refined milks. Wow, with, with the idea. Well, well I mean, hang on, the, uh, hang on well, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of preface it. Um, <laughs> with, with the idea that obviously. There's going to be more case of morphines in there. Generally, the carp isn't going to eat as much of that type of bait, luckily, because obviously outrageously expensive. Um, Do you think they still have the ability to get the carp hooked on them? No, pun not intended. Get, Get the carp to keep eating them? Or do you think that the carp has to eat them more en masse? I don't know if I've explained that very well or not
2: no run it by me again because it sort of sounded
0: a bit muddled up that so right so so to say my milk protein bait right it's different from from uh well there aren't really any proper milks on the market now is there i know you do one but but this would be a lot higher in milks than than yours i'm not saying it's better than yours i'm just saying it's higher in milks right it's very expensive it would be it's not really economically viable to sell for a company although i am going to sell it so my theory is I mean you're not going to be feeding that much of that kind of bait to a carp I also think it's probably going to fill them up quite quickly as well so yeah the carp aren't going to be eating as many of those round balls but the concentration of case of in my bait is going to be sky high compared to anything else so do you think that it's still what? going to have that habit-forming effect or do you think I'm missing out because the carp aren't eating as many balls if that
2: makes sense there's a few issues really I mean, one as if it's sky high in milk. I mean, let's say, let's say by eye, we're talking over sixty percent. So we're talking over sixty percent refined milk proteins. So we'll be talking about whey proteins, casein, caseinates. We'll just use them. I mean, obviously, you've got the hydrolyzed stuff as well. Yeah, there's hydrolyzed yeah. in there. But, but but we'll just we'll just talk about them uh, now. One problem I think you can possibly get with it. Um, is that the digestion of it won't be that good. Mm-hmm. Now, if the digestion ain't that good, then the chance of it liberating any bioactive peptides is reduced. So you've got to be careful how high you go, because I can always remember um, reading um, an article, and, and it and it, 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 uh, it triggered some memories in my mind. I read an article where Jeff Bowers was talking about an old bait that he used to do. And he used to call it the 1066 mix. And I think it was I know. 10, ounces, 10 ounces of casein, six ounces of caseinate, six ounces of lactobium or something. Uh, and it caught fish, uh, but the digestibility of it was shit because it was it was bound up big time. It was like glue. Because it does... You know, I mean, the milk proteins, as you know, they bind super, super, super strongly. So, I mean, from, from a... I mean, all, although... We've spoke about it before, that the, the milk proteins are solubilized in the carp's gut. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not getting much mastication, so it's not being chewed up much, and there's lots of large particles of it going into the carp's digestive um, tract, then it stands to reason that if the, if the surface area isn't as great for the interaction with the enzymes in the gut, because they've got a simple gut, then the the reaction is not going to be quite as good as something that you've managed to get them to chew up properly, and it's and it's all dispersed properly in the gut.
0: Y- yeah, you, you can counteract though with that with other ingredients, though, can't you? Yeah,
2: you can. Yeah, but no, I mean, I mean Je- but...
0: Jeff's mix was was a hundred percent milk proteins, which is yeah, awesome. yeah, it
2: was 100 percent milk proteins. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. My my mix is is uh is is fifty to sixty percent, around about fifty five percent, fifty seven percent yeah I think it's digestible I mean you know I think it's very sort of trendy now isn't it to run your finger along the the
1: well yeah you'll
2: you'll you'll know it it. and and they
0: they are shitting it out like without a shadow of a doubt yeah Um, so I think if you if you're clever and and you you put the right things with it I think it can pass through now just because uh, it's passing through doesn't mean they're
2: assimilating it does it that's the other thing well no but I mean that's that's another thing uh, that we could talk about, because the carp don't they don't get um, – they could do with eating everything twice that they eat, really, the carp could, so they could get everything out of it, because they don't get everything on the first transit, and they never will do. Um, so, when, so when people talk about assimilation of nutrients for a carp, well, 90% of the time, if you're on a bait and they're shitting it out, it doesn't look a great deal different than what it would look like if you left it in a bucket and just, like, soften up for a week.
0: Yeah, because you, it can. It, everyone's fascinated with it going through super quick, but if it goes through too quick, they they don't have the opportunity to draw out the nutrients, do they?
2: No, and and like I say, I don't think carp. I don't think carp do uh, ever draw all the nutrients out of no no anything that goes into them. Um, so so it's always going to. You know, obviously, if you start off with something that's thirty-five um, percent protein, um, a boily, then they may be, they may be getting—I don't know—I'm guessing, but they might get ten percent of that out on the on the transit through the gut. But if you're starting off with something that's low in protein, then they're going to get nothing out of that. So mm. that's why it's important to make the bait fairly nutritional if you're trying to mm. trying to route the carp along. You know. Do you, do you think that's something like milks where it solubilizes
0: in the gut? Do you think that's an advantage that that it has in its favour? Maybe that's why they're so effective, or one of the reasons.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yes, I think it's definitely a factor. Yeah, but I I, I am also um, I do also think it depends on how the finished bait comes out as well, because like I said, just if the finished bait is pretty hard. I think that kind of... Although, like, I'm contradicting myself slightly because I'm saying it solubilizes, but I don't think it will do properly if it doesn't chewed up properly. No,
0: but I mean, it, I I think you're the same as me. You like a soft bait, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I
2: don't like an odd bait. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but, I mean, going back to them not taking everything out, I think that is the same for every animal in the world. I, I mean, I know it's... I know it Oh, yeah, definitely. For humans. Like, we, we don't... Yeah draw yeah. everything out of food No, there's a no. lot of protein I mean, uh, in our poo
2: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean our digestive system's uh, quite a bit different than the carps but yeah yeah you don't you don't get everything out you don't get everything out um, well, i mean
0: but our, our digestive system's much more sophisticated and efficient than a carps and, and well, we don't uh,
2: even get it all out you exactly know? i mean that, uh, that's why you've got to be careful with the milk proteins with the carp because Because of the nature of milk proteins, the globular proteins. So, I mean, just to put that in perspective for people, you've got two types of proteins. One's globular and one's fibrous. Now, your fish meals are fibrous proteins, which means they're not folded. So the proteins are not folded up. So in order to digest that protein, the protein doesn't need unfolding, Um, obviously because it's accessible already to the digestive enzymes. Now, with the globular proteins and the milk proteins – the proteins are all folded up into different configurations. And that's why you need, you really need to, in order to use milk. If you wanted to use milk proteins at higher levels, then you're overloading the corpse digestive mechanisms because, because their digestive system isn't acidic. So it doesn't have this unfolding effect as efficiently as our digestive system does on the globular proteins. So that's why, you can overcook the milk proteins and you can just overload the digestive system. But you can counteract that with acidic ingredients in your bait as well and liquids and stuff. You know, there's lots, there's lots of factors that you can consider to maximize the, um, the digestive potential of of what you're putting, putting together in the bait.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I got, I got to mention enzymes, which are like last time you were on, you were, you were sort of telling me off and I understand what you were getting at. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How about the amylase thing? (laughs) Amylase, yeah, enzymes.
2: No, I mean, we actually came to uh, a fairly satisfactory conclusion in so much as we actually did come to the conclusion Mm -hmm. uh, eventually that there possibly is one thing that might be happening during uh, an enzymatic reaction that the carp can pick up on, and that's um, a localized localized pH change or an ionization. An ionization yeah and, and, I, and there is a, there is a potential that that is actually happening you know i did think about that afterwards and there is a potential for that
0: i think i i was saying that, that i think there's perhaps some kind of magic voodoo type stuff yeah I'm being a bit well, silly in my um, wording but th- that's going on that perhaps we don't know the the full that the full story of it um that that was my point and i think you were being very scientific very scientific in your your approach to it and saying well no because x equals y you know you're being very kind of scientific about which i totally understand that is your why your bait company is called scientific base isn't it um i get that but um have you have you not changed your mind because that sounds like i'm patronizing or something but have you had any more thoughts on it or
2: yeah yeah like i said to you if you 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 might not be able to remember but you you kept pushing me you kept pushing the issue and then eventually uh, I had a bit of a light bulb moment and I said, well, there is one thing that could be happening um, as, as a sort of, I mean, you was cheering it to sub-reaction. I wouldn't term it that much. There is there is one thing that could be happening. Uh, and during the, the process of the enzyme reaction, you could be getting ionization. Now, ionization is a very important part of attraction and carb-bait.
1: Yeah,
2: ionisation, Ionization is fundamental. Um do you, well that, that's basically what, that's basically what attraction is. COP carp uh, tra- can only detect things through ionization, really. Yeah. And you've got a uh, enzyme product, haven't you? Yeah, the femenzyme,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: yeah. So uh, yeah, you
0: obviously have faith in enzymes, otherwise you wouldn't have a product.
2: Yeah, I mean the the enzyme um I mean I think people think it's a bit of a gimmick, but uh, it doesn't. It does work. Um, i would never ever gone down the the route of using enzymes and bait for a couple of reasons. Mainly, one, I couldn't ever see the point in it because you can get liquids uh, and ingredients that will liberate um, amino acids, uh, peptides, and all yeah. the rest of it. You know, so I couldn't. I couldn't ever see the point. And the other one was, you got no control over it. And then the other one is, if I'm going to make a boilie, although I don't like a hard bait, I do like a bait that I can use a throwing stick with. Yeah. So if I can't use a throwing stick with it because it's an enzyme-active bait, then what's the difference between that and just sticking a load of bait in a bucket with a few liquids or whatever, bolstering the attractiveness of it <laughs> with it, and then spamming it out? Because that's what you'll have to do with an enzyme-active bait. You'll have to spomb it out. Yeah, you know, it's basically a carpet feed. I mean, Pete Morton always used to say, with that enzyme bait that he he came up with, with the well, it was Pete's idea. I think and Dad de rolled it. Um, you know, he always used to say, he always used to say it's basically a carpet feed, and you you can't put it out with a, a stick or whatever. And I used to think, well, I can't see the point in that whatsoever. You know, but he always used to come back with the counter arguments that he reckoned he knew. Um, he actually reckoned he knew what specific Amino acids will be liberated from that base. And um he seemed to think that that was the ultimate attraction signal to the cop. What the validity of that statement says, I don't know, it sounds a little bit far fetched to me given what I know about enzyme reactions.
0: How how did he quant how did he say that he quantified that? Like, how did he, he, didn't, he, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Right. Um that, so, that boggles. I don't see how you could find that out.
2: Well, I, I mean My dog's going to bark in a minute, I think Sam, because my message is just coming through the door. So it's all right. Um, Yeah, it's all right. So you'll just hear the dog barking. But um, no, he he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't validate the statements whatsoever. Um, But he he possibly he possibly could substantiate it if he could show you um, the specific enzymes he was using, uh, and then he could identify the substrates that they, were, that they were working on, the ingredients within the bait. But I always found it's a little bit too, too much of um, a bold statement, really, because there's other ingredients in the bait. So en- enzymes, although some of them are specific, they're never super specific, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever speak to Alan about all of that? Uh, on the forum. No, Serenity. we never. Yeah, yeah we never.
2: You... you spoke to uh, him on the uh, phone,
0: didn't you? You were.
2: Uh... No, I've corresponded with him a few times, uh, emails and stuff. Um, okay. In fact, he sent me a message. Uh, was it this year? Yeah, I think he sent me a message this year. Um, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for him to publish his book. Uh, he's wrote a book. Um, he says he's going to. Says he's going to send me a copy of it when he does, but. I don't know how long it's going to be. Maybe he'll never publish it, I don't know, but yeah. Very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable man then, mate. Very
0: knowledgeable. Yeah, man. I know. No, I know. Most people won't have a clue we're on about, but he, no. he's he got to be... He's pretty old, isn't he? Yeah,
2: he's in his, he's in his 70s, mate. He's in his mm. 70s. Yeah, he might even be... I don't know, he might be... Well, um, think back Think back to some of the historic things that he's talked about with bait. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'd say I'd say he was probably born certainly no later than 1950. So yeah, he, he was around. He was around in the in the birth of the the boily. I think he knew Fred Wilton. Um, he knew a lot of the early early names in the bait game and stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, Ian Booker and people like that. He, he knew everybody, and he knew and there was nothing he didn't know about the history of bait. Um, and there wasn't a great deal he didn't know about the technicalities of it either, even the modern stuff, you know. So, yeah.
0: He was next level, wasn't he? he
2: Wow. Well, yeah. Still is, yeah. But, but yeah. I was yeah. in awe of,
0: of like his, his knowledge was.
2: Yeah. Imperative. But, I mean, he, you know, he, he would never give you anything on a plate. And he no. would send people, no. he'd send people, he'd send people down blind alleys all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, uh, but, but if you, if you, if you actually, thought about what he'd said and did a bit of investigation he'd always put you in the right direction he'd always put me in the right direction
0: i was lucky enough to to exchange quite a few messages with him back in back in the heyday of the forum and yeah he was like he was like a stern teacher <laughs> that was like he cared but he didn't he didn't want to just give it to you you know and he, he would he would tell you you were full of shit if if you needed to be told and he was yeah. um he was good really good yeah yeah, he'd be yeah, an but, amazing
2: podcast guest. Amazing. I mean, yeah, he would, yeah. But, um, I mean, his book, uh, I don't know if he'll fat me for talking about it, but it, it, it's not. It's—it's it's just not um, conventional whatsoever. I mean, I, I'm not going to mention what he's been doing because it's not my place to say. He has told me uh, what the book's going to be about. Um, and it would be... I hope, he, I hope he publishes it. Well, Even if he only does 10 copies, I hope he sends me one. So, I, well, it ain't going to be about boilies, is it? I'll tell you that. Um, It may touch on him. It may touch on him. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't use boilies. I mean, like I say, no. he, do, he hasn't used boilies for a long time. Um, You know, and he definitely doesn't believe... At one time, he was an advocate of the HMV theory, but he definitely doesn't believe in the HMV theory anymore. No,
0: no. I don't think he has for a long time, Is
2: he? No. No, a long time. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I mean, as regards to um, what you said a while back, um, do I think that you can still get um, the attachment or addiction, if you like, from something that they're not going to eat much of? But I mean, they will. Even a bait like that, what you what you were saying you put together, they'll still eat plenty of that. They'll digest that. Um, if they can crap it out, they'll,
0: they'll eat plenty of it. It's difficult, Um, isn't it? Because, because I mean, so I've witnessed fish like eating this stuff with just like just going mad for it, basically. What you want to see from a bait. Now, is it is it the case of morphines? You know, probably not, because they're acting like that on like the first time seeing it. That can't be the case of morphines, can it? So it's. I think we said this on the phone either earlier today or the other day. Like, you're never really going to know, are you, with testing things? You can only sort of draw the best conclusion that you can.
2: Um, um I suppose it can't help, I, can it? So- well, well, you're never gonna, you're never gonna say be able to say anything, um, with a hundred percent veracity. But, um, anecdotal stuff for me tells me that fish definitely get addicted to baits, hundred percent. There's no two ways about it. There's yeah. no two ways about it. I mean, like you just said, on first introduction. I mean, well, hold on a second. I mean, you've just said you're using idealized milks. Yep. Well, if you're using idealized milks, then there's no reason. If, you, if you're if using idealized milks, there's no reason why there isn't a, an opioid interaction um, immediately. Because there possibly could be.
0: But would... So the, the way that I understand it, opioids work by...
2: Yes, I know you're going to say now. I know you're going to. I know you're going to say now. Um, It's got to be ingested and digested and in the bloodstream and all the rest of it, and the blood-brain barrier. But as I spoke about before, um, nobody really knows what's going on with a carp, mate, one hundred percent, as regards attraction and what they can detect and all the rest of it. People don't. People, people might know a a lot, and we do know a lot. A lot. We do know a hell of a lot about a carp now. Um, and what it's attracted to and the, what it can detect, but it still hasn't been fully elucidated. So you can't rule anything out. You cannot rule out. You can't rule out. You can, what, you, what you can't rule out is you can't rule out that if you've got um, a, um, a source of opioid peptides that's soluble and it's in the water around your trap, I mean, we could, we'll talk about something that was on my podcast. I mean, can I mention my podcast, Sam? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, of, course of course you can, mate yeah, course, I mean, yeah, I've, started, I've, started, I've started doing a podcast myself um, just interviewing angles at the moment and and anyways now, the last bit I've only had two guests on so far now, the last guy I had on, another local angler from Stoke, where I live um, John Leyland I mean, he loves your podcast, by the way, John does you probably know who he is um, Mate, we have so many people messaging. yeah he, he loves, the name, but. yeah you he, he might just know him as john 7628 or whatever his username is i mean no, he's a uh, yeah he, he, he's a bit um he keeps a low profile john does but he's had some absolutely outstanding results on um solid pva bags mm. now it's a bit mad it's a bit crazy That round about the same time that I came up with this, when I was starting off with this for enzyme additive of mine, which was intended as to be used initially in sticks and PVA bags, he came up with this idea. But we went down slightly different avenues, uh, in so much he wasn't employing any enzymes. But we we were, the, the mindset that we both got was astonishingly close. And we hadn't, I'd spoke to John many times over the years, but we hadn't come up with this in a concerted manner at the same time. Um, but he was using – um I mean, he spoke about it on my podcast. So I'm not giving any of his secrets away. He was using uh, Pepto Pro, I have last seen. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was using Pepto Pro in, in, in his bags. Now, you know, I have said to him – I don't know if I said to him on the podcast or whether I said to him when we were just chatting. I said, there is a possibility that you've increased the attraction there of your traps through the fact that you've got opioid peptides knocking about in the water around around your rigs, because mm. they'll be there, you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a hard, large casein, so obviously the solubility is there. Um, and as I say, it might sound a little bit off the wall, but there's there's no way in the world that you can one hundred percent write off the fact that carp may well be attracted to opioid-like peptides that are in the water
0: but can you not can we not see if there's a receptor for that well is that not possible
2: well there won't there won't be any work that's been done that's going to say that it's even possible but at the same time um there's lots of things that carper are attracted to that don't fit the criteria if you get what i'm saying Mm. Uh, and as we spoke about before with these um solitary sensory cells no one really knows what's going on with that, mate. You know, no. there's loads of things. I mean, it's like Jason Ryder was on your podcast and he's, he's 100% convinced um, that carp are attracted to vitamin C. And I am. But I mean, when I spoke about it with, with you, I just said they definitely like things with vitamin C in. And that's as good as being attracted to it, really. Um, you know, but I've never come across any any work what says that a carp is attracted to ascorbic acid but well, that's not to say that they're not
0: no definitely D- that's the thing isn't there there's i think there's a lot that we well obviously there's a lot that we don't know it would be impossible to have a a, a proper peer-reviewed study on every single freaking thing that we could possibly feed a car. it's just not going to happen is it
2: um, well yeah i mean and, and like i say uh, a lot of this stuff gets done for academic reasons um rather than targeted to one specific outcome sort of thing like fishing you know i mean it's highly unlikely i did actually try and get a phd once when i finished when i finished um, doing my master's degree in 1999 i thought if i go back and do it i could have got a phd straight away doing something related to the the masters but i thought if i go back I'd like to do something related to fishing, and I, and I and I came up with a few um a few topics, and I did approach a few people, but nobody was interested. Nobody was interested. In it. I mean, I, I don't think I went to anybody like Sparsholt or anybody like that, um, because it was a bit more specific. So you sort of needed more like uh, there was a few different topics that I thought about, but I spoke to a few chaps in a few different departments, but nobody was really interested in pursuing it because. Couldn't get the funding for it, you know, couldn't get the funding for it, so
0: how much money do you need for something like that?
2: Who knows, mate, for a PhD? Mm. Um like lasts lasts about three or four years minimum. So I reckon you'd be talking bare minimum, you'd probably need about 20 grand a year, wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of cash, no. I mean it's like we we're talking about it's like we we're talking about today on the phone. Um I've got a, an IBC in my garden. I've been growing some carp up in there, but it seems to have stopped growing now because it's a pain in the arse because you can't get the water quality brilliant. So they haven't they've grown, but they haven't grown brilliantly. So I'm probably going to get offloaded with these ones. I mean, some nice fish in there as well. So when I do put them wherever I'm putting them, uh, we won't talk about that. We'll see how they get on. And um, I am actually going to get some more carp in there, like I said to you. And do now, it's not the most scientific thing. I mean, there's there's loads of factors involved, but I'm going to try and do a little bit of a, a crude study, if you like, to just see if I can get any uh, consistent feedback or any patterns emerging um, about preferences, um, especially related to baits with high opioid, high potential opioid content. And I was going to do a little bit of a a uh, long-term experiment with 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 these carp and, and the ibc um yeah so i mean but like like we said today it'd be great if you could get the proper funding for that to be done somewhere at sparshall or something but i don't know if it's gonna ever happen you know there's always, so always got to be the money's always got to be there has it yeah
0: i i think this thing that you're going to do with the automatic feeders um and then sort of see you know see where they're going to over a period of time i think that's amazing i I think that's very interesting to me but surely you've got to have two baits that are are identical but one has like say the um, calcium caseinate in, and the other one you've got to have the nearest thing to that that doesn't contain opioids but with has the same
2: as closer
0: you know amino acid profile protein
2: protein content as possible Technically and scientifically speaking, you're right, because you need, if you like, technically it's called a control entity. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, but, I mean, because it's a crude study, I, I wasn't going to be – I mean, I, in the ideal world, like you say, you would need two recipes and then uh, one of them's got the casein. And so one of them's got the potential for the liberation of a uh, high number of opioid-like peptides, bioactive peptides, and then the other one hasn't. So you'd have to replace it with something else, uh, which in itself could be quite tricky because obviously casein's very high in protein, and there ain't many other things that you can get for matches. Mm-hmm. So there'd still there'd still be a discrepancy there with the amino acid acid profiles and stuff, and the and the formulas. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean you could play around with it. You could slightly play around with it. I mean, you know, it's how long as there's so many variables. But I was going to just do. Uh, a very simplistic study because when i i mean you've said automatic feeders they're not they're going to be these little feeders they've come up with uh, i don't know if they'll work yet but i think they will uh the carp have actually got a nudge them to get their feed out of them mm. they've got it, you know um so yeah i mean yeah I'll, I'll probably i'm gonna try and get round to it i was try, i was gonna do it in the spring but i didn't get round to it i even had i even made some of these little feeders up um and this is how much of a bit of a bodge job it is. I, I just made them out of the 150-ml blood bottles that I've got down the unit. Um, but they, they, they look like they'll work. They look like they'll work because of how I've made them. So, yeah. But we'll, it, it would be interesting because, I mean, you, you never know. You could you could actually be very surprised. And straight away, there could, there could be um, an extremely marked... Uh, difference in in which food stuff they prefer but like mm. like you said though it could be down to loads of factors but it would still it would still be information gained what you wouldn't have
0: yeah <clears throat> i suppose if the baits were going to be completely different you'd be better off having more of them wouldn't you say four four feed stations only one of them with decent amounts of opioids in
2: yeah, well, I mean, I think if you did that, you, you could, um, you might skew the results a little bit because, well, that, this is how I'm looking at it. You might skew the results a little bit because the fish might move to one of the feed stations that another fish isn't around because they think, well, he's there, so I'll go, I'll go next door or whatever. Mm. But if there's only, if there's only two then if you really do want it, then you're going to get that competitive element where they might want to push one another out the way sort of thing. But if there's four, you might think, well, will just go next door. still get a bit of that. It's not as nice as that, but
0: I can have a bit of that. Can't they, you know? Yeah. I suppose it would only work if like, if the opioids really do have a, a dramatic effect, that's
2: the only way it would really work, isn't it? Well, that's what, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see because I'm pretty much convinced that, um, the opioids and brain chemistry is massively overlooked. In fact, I've never heard anybody even talk about brain chemistry um, and Bates, other than maybe Mark McKenna. <clears throat> Nobody else seems to have ever even concentrated on it. And I, I can explain away all the early findings of Fred Wilton's HMV theory through brain chemistry and opioid peptides. I can explain all of it away. And It's watertight, nobody could pick holes in my explanation for the HMV theory. But unfortunately, when you've got certain people pushing the HMV theory still, then uh... and a lot of people aren't interested in baits. I mean, it's it's a bit of a niche market, isn't it? People most people are just interested in uh, what makes the buzzers beep and what they get the fish on the end of the line with, and that's about it, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um I mean, but that but that's <laughs> That is why we're so fascinated in bait, isn't it? We're all looking for that thing that's going to make a a significant difference. Um,
2: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, people are. People are looking for that thing, but do they do any more research other than the fact that they go, oh, he's been nailing it on such and such, and then they go, get some of that. But do they actually look into it? No, I don't think they do. 90% 90 of the time they'll go, yeah, such and such has been catching on that and then they'll just buy some, and it either works or doesn't work, but they won't get to the bottom of it. They won't think, well, do you mm. think this? They don't really ex- investigate it, do they? There's only, people, there's only people like us, shadows like us, who investigate it.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went up to see Dave. I don't know if you heard the Dave Moore episode. Um, yeah, I listened listen to, both, listen to both of them, yeah. Yeah. yeah we wish we were shit-faced unfortunately but yeah off off air i don't think we spoke about it on air but yeah he he spoke about opioids um and he'd listened to your podcast with us and yeah, he had some interesting viewpoints on it i mean that guy knows a lot about bait as well like he really does he, he knows his onions um
2: yeah he does he does yeah uh, i mean i did uh i mean keep us in if you want but i did i did message dave moore um because I wanted to mind, if a bit a chat with him about his beliefs in milk proteins and stuff. Because I've spoke about it before with the the larger fish and the older fish. Um, and I did message him, but nothing came of it, and he didn't seem like he was uh, very enthusiastic about chatting to me. To be honest with you, so <laughs>
1: there
2: you go. Yeah, <clears throat> he's yeah, he's um.
0: Yeah, he's a wealth of knowledge, mate. Once you, you you'd get on well with him. He's he's absolutely a lovely bloke, he really is. Once you get him going, he's uh <laughs> like he's um he's away. You yeah, know?
1: I mean I mean
2: you know, it, it, you you can't knock what he's done with bait. No, uh, I mean he's been at, no. he's older than me, he's been at it longer than me. But um it's the same with with where his beliefs in the milk proteins. I mean he said on your podcast that he'd ditch fish meal and just used milk proteins, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and 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 I've got, I think we spoke about it before, I've got um loads of theories on male proteins for larger fish and older fish. And I'm hundred percent convinced that I'm on the right lines with it all. I wouldn't necessarily say that I've definitely got to the bottom of it, but I'm definitely along the right lines the right lines of it. I mean, Dave's fishing for these giganticus fish, and he? he's fishing for these enormadons uh, abroad, you know. So I mean, it's slightly different in so much as there's loads of them there. Uh, there's lots and lots of big fish, but mm. at, at the same time, at the same time, um, I do 100% believe that very large fish or fish with the potential to get very large, and that might very large might only mean 35 pound because it all depends where you're fishing.
0: Yeah, but I mean he he's he he's developing baits that are being fished in the UK. Um, I don't know how much I'm supposed to say, but like for some very fucking big fish, you'll never hear about them in the news. Like you'll never hear about them. Um, so yeah, I know what you mean about the foreign fish. I think that that's a different kind no, of thing. I,
2: mean, isn't I, it? I, I am def- I am definitely not um, detracting from any of the captures, but what I'm saying is. Um, He's fishing waters where well. Fifty isn't big. Hmm. He's fishing in the UK as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's mainly concentrating on it. But that, I mean, I mean, you've probably got the wrong end of the stick here. I'm not taking anything away from what he's doing or or um, his beliefs. But like I said, a very large carp in this country and some waters might be thirty five pound.
0: Yeah, yeah you know yeah, agree i mean cornwall obviously i used to live there i don't know yeah you yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, know uh, a mid-30 is fucking monstrous in cornwall even today there are forties, exactly. yes I exactly know there are. But, uh, you know uh, and and uh, uh,
2: at the same time um i think the ideas that i've got um they may well not hold old water on some of these mega waters where you've got loads of carp, they're £30 plus and they're all 10 years old or less. Because they're a different animal. They're a different animal. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, I
0: couldn't agree more. So like me, my testing, it's mostly done on gravel pits. So I could find a bait, I could tweak it, and it's like, yeah, working real fucking good. Who's to say that you you take that to a real kind of silty old pit? Is it going to do the same or or is it going to be less effective? You just don't know, Um, do you? Um, No.
2: No, but I mean, don't necessarily mean that angle, Sam. What right. I mean is, um, you've got the, you've got lots of strains of carp now um, that grow fast. I mean, they definitely grow faster than they used to, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, historically, you know, everyone talks about the leanies and that, but um, you've got other strains of carp around at the same time and and generally, a twenty-pound fish. I mean, they, they supposedly grew quite quickly in Redmire, but nobody. Uh, I think it took them twenty years before they were a decent size. You know, yeah, uh, it that. that yeah, was. I, th-
0: that was the I point. think.
2: It, yeah, I think it. I think it took them about twenty years before they were what you'd call big. Um, but it's, you know, in today's world, you, you're getting some carp at forty pounds at like nine years old and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I just you know?
2: don't. I wouldn't want
0: to do that. I just wouldn't. That doesn't appeal to me. In the, sl- I'm not knocking people. I'm not knocking it. Oh, I mean, uh, doesn't
2: do it's it just me. it's just the way fishing is now, isn't it? I mean, I I prefer to fish for old fish, but now the way I the theories I've got, um, they may they may hold up. I mean, no nobody who has bait off me, um, has gone on any of these. Mega waters. There's one lad who has bait off me who's in Granville, and he doesn't fish an awful lot. He's fished Granville for... I think he's had 10 tickets on there since 2007. So in 2007, I think the late record was £36. So Granville was a different water than what it is says now. Um, now, he's had 168 fish out of Granville in 10 tickets. And for how much fishing he does, that's pretty good, really. It's not bad. Um, now, with fish like that, that are seen Loads of bait, and they've grown quickly. I don't think that some of my ideas would probably uh, be supported as much as they would be if you went on somewhere where there was half a dozen fish, and say the biggest one was 42 pound, uh, and then the smallest one out of the top half a dozen was 35 pound, but they were 30 years old. Yeah. You know, because they're they're a different creature, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. But at the same time, I do believe that um, carp with the potential to grow large are slightly different than carp that will never get any bigger than, say, £25. I think I've said that on the podcast before, and I think they are different. I think that I've got an inkling that their amino acid requirements is different. Which goes against everything that you see in all the published data, because a carp as a carp as a carp, according to all the published data that you'll read about nutrition and amino acid requirements. But have they ever done any studies of large, large old carp? No, they haven't. They're always doing them.
0: They're always mm. doing them with
2: small. They're always yeah. doing them with small fish.
0: Have you heard John Baker? John Baker came on our uh, podcast, and he was saying about the um, receptors in carp changing as they age, and getting more acute. Did you did you pick up on that? Yeah,
2: yeah. I think I might have listened to that. And um, one thing that I'm I'm I might have mentioned this on the last podcast, um, because the carp and most animals have got the ability to upregulate genes depending on their environmental conditions. Then I'm hundred percent convinced that certain receptors in carp are varying ages. And one carp that's say five years old, it might have five percent of X receptor, but then in another one that's twenty five years old, it might have fifteen percent of X receptor. So it's a similar sort of thing that John Baker's seen. Well, but I, I, I sort of, I've looked at it from the angle of why they're attracted to it, di- why different fish seem to be attracted more to different things. Um, than others. I mean, I know what John said. He said the, the receptors become more acute as they get older, so they're um, they're more in tune with the um, dietary needs and stuff. I mean, I yeah. don't necessarily. Yeah, I sort of agree with it, but I don't. I mean, it's a massive subject that I'd have to get real deep into to explain exactly what I'm saying to you. But in a way, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I, I definitely think. That carp's I mean, I'm I'm one hundred percent convinced that a carp's receptors can change dependent on the environment that it lives in as well. That's what
0: I was gonna that that's literally what I was just about to come on to. How much do you think environment factors into this?
2: Yeah, massively. That's why that's why in that's what way? why. Well, I think we spoke about this before. Um there's a transport molecule that I spoke about before, PET-T1. It's ubiquitous. It's found in everything. So it's a protein transport molecule in the the gastrointestinal tract. So it's in the carp's gut. Um, Now, if a carp lives lives in an environment where protein's deficient, then it's a proven fact that it can upregulate the expression of this gene for this molecule so it can end up with twice as many of these transporter molecules as what it would have if it was in an environment where Protein was uh, abundant. And there's a the simple reason why it does it. It's so it can extract more protein out of everything it eats. So yeah. it's getting more nutrition. So basically, because it's in an environment where it's struggling to find all its nutritional requirements, it can wring out more nutrition out of what it eats. And that's a scientific fact. That's That, 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 that happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that happens with a lot of animals
2: there, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. But, it's,
2: it's, it... Sorry, go on. But th- I also think that that happens with receptors on the outside of its body as well. So, for say, for instance, the um, yeah, like we're just talking about. I mean, we just call it receptor X. Um, say in a water where a carp's not struggling to find whatever that's looking for, uh, it's got like five percent receptor X. But then, it's on, in a water where Uh, that receptor is responsive to something um i mean we could even just say something something general like an amino acid which is i mean it's a bit too general but um but then it could upregulate it so it's got 10 percent of them so it's more acutely aware of the presence of that particular thing Mm. did you i mean
0: in terms of flavor i know you're not i know you haven't dive too deep into flavors and uh, and i know you're more on the nutritional side of things
2: no no i'm not i'm not i mean that's a massive misconception with me people think i'm just i I mean i I don't even believe in the hmv theory anymore i don't profile any bait and the last the last um the last two baits i've come up with i've never uh, i've not even bothered about anything to do with nutrition i mean i've made them i've done the rudimentary calculations but i ain't gone deeper into the yeah deep into it like i like I ain't gone deep into it like i would have done say, 15 years ago
0: no but i mean since you first came i mean we've we've spoke to each other a lot on the phone in between sure you know short calls here and there some some short some long you've never like spoken of you you, you know you uh, you passionately talk about different ingredients and and the nutritional side of carp i don't think you've ever spoke to me about a cart flavours or anything like that. So I don't think that's as much of a passion of yours, well, is it?
2: Well, we spoke a lot about uh
0: essential oils, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, we have, actually. We actually the have.
2: The re- I mean, the reason why I have done plenty of research and plenty of work with attractors, as we'll call them, um but the reason... The reason why don't go overboard with it is because without sounding condescending to anybody else, once you understand the basics of attraction, you know what you're looking for, and that's it. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, and I agree. And same with flavors. So, you no, know, that's,
2: what I'm talking, that's what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm talking but,
2: about. But, 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 you, if the you same dissect. So, so, go on, go on. But well, at the same time, there's a lot more to some flavors than others. 100%. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I've, I've I've said this a few times, but if you break down the, the most efficient flavors, there are common themes. There's certain things that those flavors mm-hmm. are made up of. You might not ever think of it, you know, um, you know, squid and octopus, you wouldn't necessarily um, associate with, say, time or anything like that, but it's in there. And, and it yeah, yeah. It there's there's things that you see patterns emerge don't you if you can actually get hold of the actual blend the actual makeup the recipe of these flavors and then you look at the most effective ones you definitely see patterns there
2: oh yeah definitely i mean i have read i have read stuff about that um i mean i used to talk to bob when he was alive at campbell's um and i will actually say I was on the phone to him once, so I am going to big myself up here, but he actually turned around to me once on the <laughs> phone and said, he actually turned around to me on the phone once and said, you do actually sound like you know what you're talking about, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I just started laughing. I said, well, I've been doing this quite a long time, Bob, you know, so I, I know a bit about things. And uh, we used to have some good discussions. Yeah. I mean, he was a great bloke. He really was yeah. a great bloke. He was, yeah. You know, and uh, and there was, and there was and there was nothing. There was nothing he didn't know. There was nothing he didn't know about. Uh, I mean, he didn't know. He didn't know like about it from the attraction point of view, because uh, he wasn't an angler. But there was nothing he didn't know about um, compositions and what he could do to get this sort of outcome. And he, he, you know, he was a fascinating bloke to talk to. He was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, what <laughs> what I was uh, what I was getting to is over flavoring baits. Older, bigger fish. Do you think people are missing a trick by using strong hook baits with lots of flavoring? The
2: they all work down the other. I mean, the, the, I mean, the, we did go down this avenue before, but the scene's a bit crazy. It is now. It's a bit. I mean, I know you use solid nuke baits, but the scene's a lot. I mean, the scene's a little bit crazy for hook baits now. It's too much for me. It's it's it's, it's insanity. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got people in Frank Warwick's camp who, I mean, obviously he catches a lot, who he will really, what I would class over flavor the hook bait, catches enough fucking fish, doesn't he? And then you've got, you know, people in John Baker's camp who sells flavors and he's pretty much like less is more. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, there's there's no right or wrong
0: answer, is there? No, there isn't.
2: There isn't. I mean, it's, uh, as you say, it takes all sorts. Um, and you can't argue with um, with what people catch. Right? Um, but as I say, a lot of it comes back to this rudimentary understanding of attraction, and, and that's what it comes back to.
0: Yeah, it's just specifically the over, like literally today, actually, it, it's the overdoing of the flavors that, um, that that I was sort of talking about.
2: Well, uh, I mean, I can remember. I can remember the first I attracted baits that I ever made because I'd never we used to use when I first started making baits um, seriously, which was it's about 1994 when I actually converted to boilies. I'd used them before and I'd made boilies four years before that. Um, it wasn't till 1994 that I became convinced that boilies were a good bait. Um, now the hook baits that we used to make would always be made out of the paste. So you'd be rolling your bait, put a little bit of paste to one side, and then after you finish rolling your bait, you'd get your polystyrene balls or your cork balls, and that was your root baits. So if you that was your pop-ups. Now, this overflaving thing, it's nothing new because when I used to make them, so I'd take the paste, so and then let's say for instance, the, the recipe for the for the bait that I was making was Two mil of one liquid, one flavor, if you like. Two mil of another. So it's four mil per six eggs. So it's not massive. It's, you know, it's not overdoing anything. Yeah? Yeah. So then i so then, I'd take that paste and make the baits. But then 90% of the time, I would put a glug of Minamino in there, a glug of whatever fish oil I was using, a couple of mil of flavor. And that'd be your baits then. So we were boosting, we were boosting hook baits then. We were boosting hook baits nearly thirty years ago. Well, I was, um, and we used to catch on them. But we also used to catch plenty just on the bottom baits um, where the attraction wasn't boosted up. And I didn't really notice any difference in the catch rates. But we just, for some reason, we used to boost them pop ups up. Somewhere. I mean, we'd air dried them, so that was one of the reasons why we used to think. Yeah, we'll give them a little boost because we'd we'd roll them, cook them, air dry them for five days until they went hard, and then whack them in the pot and just give them a little coat over with the liquids, and then that would be your hookbait's done then.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it. And there's I mean, obviously you can overflavor them with the yeah. Some things are gonna work better at higher levels than others, aren't they? I mean, I don't think our the, the hook baits that I sell, they're not over flavoured by any stretch of the imagination, but they're strong. Um, a guy messaged us today he's a good angler he's caught some insane fish recently Um, I won't mention him because he won't thank me for that but he, <laughs> he he caught his PB I think it was today or last night with a warlock one of our warlock pop-ups which are quite strong fishy um style pop-up and he sprayed it with our choco stim which is a bait spray which for a long time I was I just didn't buy into the bait sprays anyway basically he's got this This ball of conflicting flavors at high levels and caught a very old, sought-after carp with it. And to me, like even me, and I'm selling this stuff, that just seems it it, it, like boggles my mind a little bit. I wouldn't, if I was targeting that carp, I wouldn't be going down that route at all. But yes, still produces the the fish. So I suppose we're never going to know. Well, Um,
2: the the thing is though, for me, that just says one thing. That just says one thing. That whatever you've put in the liquids and the pop-ups, uh, it's been constructed properly. It's attractive, and you just basically you've got a grasp of the fundamentals of attraction, and and that just shows you that that's all it's down to. That's all it's down to. Yeah, you know. Because, I, know you I mean, mean, you know, when you, you, I mean, I can remember lads. I can remember some I mean, like I say, the, the very first, the very first I attract two bits I ever made. It was only. It was eighteen years ago, and he used to put ten mil of flavour in per egg. Ten mil, mm. Put loads of fish on that, Ten mil per egg. Yeah. But then, but then, when I started getting uh, a bit more into it, then there was other lads telling me they're using twenty mil of certain certain uh, flavours. Twenty mil per egg. You know, and it's, it's it sounds sky high, but you just catch plenty of fish.
0: It sounds crazy, doesn't it? it? It really does. I mean, I mean, I mean,
2: it just shows you as well, though. How much that we could be overthinking it all? Yeah. My, my mate's just my mate's just gone fishing this week um, over on Pride of Derby, and uh, he's gone on the. There's two pets there that are on the premium check. One's a bit easier than the other one. One's twelve acres. One's eighteen acres, and uh, he's gone on, and he's got oak baits on his rigs. From the last time when he went fishing, which was two, probably two weeks before one of them's uh, one of my Mulberry and Cream pop-ups, a fluoro, a white, bright white pop-up, yeah? So he's had it in the water. He's had it in the water for however long on his last session, probably 48 hours, yeah? Not taking it off his rig, rocked up two or three weeks later, cast it out without doing anything to it whatsoever, caught a fish. On one, on one water they used to fish, it was the first weedy water well it's the first weedy water that I fished a, a bit and um I used to use I used to do an overnighter during the week and if the o bait didn't come off and it was still on the rig when um because it was catching when I went back say three days later I used to cast this out caught loads of fish like that and yeah and, and I'll be honest with you you, you can actually smell the ouk baits and you think, doesn't really smell much at all now. But we're not a carp, are we?
0: No, I mean it, everyone hails the uh the ability of citric acid to catch carp. Don't smell much does it? Tastes of it doesn't a lot.
2: Not smell of anything, yeah
0: it doesn't no. well, put it on your tongue it, though you know it's there, don't tastes
2: not like yeah uh, tastes like um tanktastics, doesn't it yeah. Like, that, yeah, that's all the time I'm citric acid. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But yeah, I mean, the thing is though. Um, because of how liquid flavors, well, I mean, you you obviously dedicating a lot of efforts to flavors and, and stuff, but because of the fundamentals of how most, say most, because not all of them work like us, most liquid flavors work on the ionization process. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then it then it shows you that you don't need an awful lot of it to be in there to be ionizing still. So. You know, I can remember Tim Plaisley, one good thing he did say uh, when he was trying to explain ionisation was like thinking about a battery. You know, the longer it's used for, it drains down. Um, And that's, I suppose, a good analogy for our liquid flavours working. But I think you'd be surprised that you'll still be getting ionisation off very, very low levels of remnants of... Attractors that are left in a bait that's even been out for forty-eight hours, or even longer, even longer, you know.
0: Yeah, if if the baits are if if the flavour is its sole mm. function is ionisation, which I I think yeah, to be honest, really most flavours out all. there, you switch them switch them one for the other, it's going to make no difference from the bait because it is just the ionisation that it's providing, right? Maybe some pH yeah. change as well.
2: But like but like you say, um not all flavours are working just on ionisation. Absolutely not. No. Totally agree. You know, like you square squid and octopus isn't really working on iron. Well, they're all working. Well, actually, technically speaking, um, we are a little bit wrong because even amino acid attraction and stuff is based on ionization. But it's uh, it's all I'm a little bit it. different. Yeah, it's all a little bit different than than like taking an acidic attractor. Um, I mean, some of them are working. Some flavors are working on the taste and. Uh, some of them have even got molecules there are specific for certain receptors and stuff. So it's a lot more. It's a lot more in depth than than what what you would believe with some with what some people say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Definitely. I mean, the obviously we've gone down some rabbit holes. <clears throat> the other thing that we wanted to really touch upon was, and we have sort of touched on it, is targeting the bigger carp. Is there anything that you're doing or or you're helping your so I mean you have a lot of people using your bait don't you and I'm sure you have some sort of core group of people yeah, I mean, even I do now which is fucking amazing because it's like it, <laughs> extra time on the bank it's a it's a luxury mate but Yeah is there anything you're doing or your guys are doing to try and target the bigger car I mean there's
2: this, this is another massive subject since I mean I mean, I can say whatever I want, can't I? But you've got to validate what you're saying. I mean, I've been caught fishing a long time. I don't drive a car, um, which is a big downer for fishing. Like It's amazing mm-hmm. that I've ever caught anything, really, because I rely on yeah. um, yeah. You know, but I've caught the biggest fish out quite a lot of lakes. Now, you know, I don't really think um, you can really talk about it unless you've caught a few, because otherwise... It, you're just saying stuff, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> you're just saying yep. stuff. 100%. You know, um, I mean, I, I think since, since 2005, I think I've caught the biggest fish out of 11 different waters. Um, but they can range massively in size, you know, it depends where you're fishing, depends where you're fishing. You know, some of them might be like scraper twenties and the biggest ones like 41 pound. Um, and there's, but for my personal journey in fishing, I think there's loads of things that you can do if you're after the big fish. There's lo- there's lots of things you can do. I mean, it's not all bait-related, obviously. Um, I mean, uh, there's, I, I'm, I'm 100% convinced that there's certain things that you can put into bait um, that's going to catch on most of the waters, the older fish, the bigger fish, but not necessarily – everywhere nowadays because like i say you've got these super waters now where you've got massive stocks of big fish and they're and like they're not, 15 and, years old and they're not very old yeah. they're not very old yeah. yeah you know so i mean 15 is even even pretty old now For, for... <laughs> I yeah
0: well it's not though is it 15 that's a young fish you know, it's that...
2: the young it's real really realistically speaking it's a young fish but I mean, I, I, there was a there was a big fish. I mean, I won't I won't name the water or anything because I don't want to. I mean, it was a lovely fish, and I can remember seeing this fish when it first got caught over forty pound, and I was actually astounded when I read it was only seven years old. Jeez, uh, it's quite a famous fish. All the, a lot of the big names course. It was a real nice fish as well. Um, and it went forty after about seven years. I think it was the fastest ever recorded forty. I think it got stocked at four pound. Which fish is this? What is it? I don't really want to name it because I don't want to talk about the water. Okay. Uh, just in case they're a bit funny about it. But anyway, I can tell you off air, and then you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it it, it was stocked at four pound, and it was like forty pound by the time it was seven years old. Like I just couldn't believe it when I read it. I thought, Jesus, that's insane. But it was a nice enough fish, and um, I knew a couple of lads well. One lad who's had a bit of bait off me, and um another lad who follows me on Instagram, and they both fished this water, and uh, he died this year. And I thought to myself, that fish was only about twelve years old when it. Uh, I think it was about yeah, it was about twelve, maybe fifteen years old when it died, uh, and I just thought, this this just ain't like carp fishing when I first started. Like dude. by the time they were fifteen. They, they might just be going to about thirty pound if they're lucky, like you know. <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah but... if that. Well, yeah, if, if that a pound I mean, year average, the... that's
0: a lot. That that's a the lot fi- of weight gain.
2: The first, the first water I fished seriously, the carp. The carp was stocked in nineteen fifty eight, and I don't think it did its first twenty till the eighties.
0: Yeah. That's you know, that's Cornwall all over. That I mean that kind of slow growth rate i like that yeah yeah. i really like it yeah but
2: i mean i think i think a lot of it is the reflection of how much more bait goes in a lot of lakes now as well because nutrition nutrition is obviously the most important thing Well, i say the most important thing It's, it's very important for growth isn't it you know
0: yeah or just a fucking abundance of yeah, Natural yeah, food, it, all yeah. yeah nutrition. Nutrition. it all comes yeah. back to
2: nutrition. It comes back to Yeah, of course it does, because what people forget, and I'm a hundred percent convinced that my bait's done this on some lakes. Um, it enriches the environment. Bait is fertilizer for the lake. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Yes, I think, the, this is. I think. Somewhat... I think. I think Ben Penninger talked about it when he came on, saying that although his pallets, um break down fast, um, and they're vegetable based. They're enriching the environment because all the diatoms and everything all increase in the water, so the natural food becomes more abundant when you put those feed bait in there.
0: Yeah, because the thing is, when we put bait in the water, we're not just feeding the carp and and the you know the tench and the bream, we're feeding all the little critters in there as well. We, we are the, we are affecting yeah. we're affecting the the ecology of the lake, aren't we? It, everything you, plays into everything else.
2: You are fertilizing the lake, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah
0: you know yeah, Ben had, mean... um just speaking of Ben he had a, a theory on gut length depending on what juvenile carp had been brought up on so like fish meals versus say plant-based meals do you have any um... and he didn't he didn't draw any hard or fast things it was just a theory he had it was like a thought process that he shared I don't know if it was on air or off air I can't remember um I can't remember that being on the podcast. I mean, it, it I might, even, we,
2: we've spoken there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I did, I did only listen to the podcast once, though, but I did, I did, I did enjoy that podcast. I thought it was quite good. He's, um, I, he,
0: he, I like speaking to Ben. He's very knowledgeable. Um,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. His stuff is, is very interesting. He's got a product actually, G Force is garlic liquid. He gets specially made for him. Um, yeah, well, he's
2: got that. He's got the naturopath, hasn't he? That's, um, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like a medication for getting rid of argulus, and uh, I do believe. I mean, I've always known that garlic is uh, anti parasitic, but after I listened to his podcast and did a bit more digging, because he, I think Ben said that although garlic is an antiparasitic, um the active component that uh, deters the parasites. Is far more potent if it's in in the oil that's extracted before it's all mashed up. Because garlic garlic's a funny one because you only you only get the smells and stuff off it from the volatiles when they've all been smashed up and some of the cells have yeah. been broken. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. The uh, Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, but I do believe that he is onto something with um, that natural because I've spoken to a few lake owners and they have used it and they've all said. It has virtually eradicated the um, the argulus and the lake. It, 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 they, can, they, it. they can be a big they can be a big problem. Argulus can a big problem. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. These lakes where oh
0: yeah they show a lot they they bosh out a lot. Generally there's an argulus problem. That, that's why they they're jumping
2: out. Yeah, sometimes I mean yeah, not always. I Don't think, but yeah, I mean the argulus can be a big problem. Mm. You know because they're the the very very. Um, they irritate the fish badly, and the fish can rub themselves up and make a real mess themselves with the others And then you've got second, then you've got secondary infections happening and all sorts, and it's bad news, man. I mean, that water that I spoke about—that first water—I have a seriously fish for car uh, that was stopped in 1958 when I first joined in 1995. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a long time ago, so you've got to put it in perspective. There was probably 2020s in there, which you know. Some now people just go, 2020s. I mean, it had done a 39 pounder, but it was quite in spawn. But in Stoke on Trent, where I live, that was like everybody wanted to get in that water. I mean, you've got to remember it's 27 years ago, 27 years ago. So, yeah. you know, they, they were big fish then. That was that was like a real good water with 20, 20, 20 pounds, and especially old fish like that as well. But what happened there is, um, when I first fished it, that first two years, 95 and 96, it was quite a busy lake. And then by 1997, for some reason, it just started getting quiet, <coughs> there was a lot less bait going in. And then by the year 2000, the, the condition of the fish had started deteriorating, they were losing weight. There's argulus and stuff, it was, and that's when I think a lot of the originals perished. Then I mean, I didn't fish it much, um, but he was just i went back on there a few years later because i'd always got the ticket and he, he was he was just a different lake he was just a different lake you know but that just shows you the the importance of the nutrition as well because there's a lot less food going in there
0: yeah that that's the thing isn't it but but i mean back back to ben's product he's uh he's got his not natu- natural he's got the g-force liquid as well which is like garlic or garlic based obviously which is a lot stronger than the the but that's an interesting product i don't know if you've ever looked at it or used it i've got loads here i can send you some if you want yeah
2: um, well what, what is
0: that a liquid that is it so, yeah it's a liquid um it's something he gets it's exclusive to him he gets made up made for himself um it's in the natropel but obviously diluted into
2: yeah the carrier oil yeah
0: the, yeah which i don't know if i can name but a certain carrier oil which diluted into uh, i think
2: that's basically yeah it, but it, it probably, it works it probably well. it. He probably uses rapeseed oil to guess i would say in that natural i would guess he uses that
0: yeah i don't know if i'm allowed to say or not so i won't i won't comment on it but yeah. yeah the actual the actual concentrate liquid man that that has got some mileage in it if you if you mix it with certain things that is um yeah interesting stuff very interesting he should bring out a bait with, with that in um like a like a hook bait with yeah i mean i know he does i think it's called smart mix palettes um which is yeah. very good that has the
2: garlic in but yeah, yeah i mean i think garlic's an interesting one i think yeah um... i rate i rate i rate garlic massively um you know i do use powdered garlic uh well there's garlic in a couple of my baits um yeah I, mean, I do i do rate it massively i mean i do i do hear some people say that they don't think it's any good but i i think it's uh i think it's very good garlic See? i i I even think the essential oils good as well, and some people don't rate that either. But that's I... What I
0: was going to ask you you you're an essential oil man. How what do you think of the garlic essential oil? And is there yeah, a I particular type you like?
2: I think it's good. Well, I mean, the... I don't go into it as much as you do, Sam. With um, looking for the best one on the market and all the rest of it. To forget one and it works, then I'm happy with it, and that's it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, fair. Do you, it, so is essential garlic essential oil in one of your baits or just use the powder?
2: Uh, I just use it. That's just how I use it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's like it's like Transum, another one of the local waters. Um there's lads going on there. I mean the uh, and, and on a national scale, it's nothing like but well, there's fish in there at 35 pounds now, and there's quite a few thirties, it's seventy acres. I mean, I love that water because I faced it since I was a kid. And um, the lads who are just going on there with my mates, with the with the garlic and, uh, they're they're embarrassing the rest of the lake. be Honest with you, <laughs> I know you shouldn't say, but they are. I mean, they've caught that many fish this year; it's unbelievable. Mm. You know, and it's not an easy lake anymore. That it's not rock hard because there's a few hundred fish in there, but it's seventy acres, so you've got to make sure you're on them. You know, you can't just you can't just rock up on there and fling things out and think you're going to catch because it's not happening like. Yeah. What What do
0: you think is the future of bait formulation? Well, it looks like it's hook baits to me.
2: Everybody's <laughs> made, everybody's making them. Everybody's making them mate.
0: There are so many hook baits. I know. I know what you're picking up on. There is. There is a lot of hook bait companies out there, aren't there? Yeah.
2: the The thing is the the way, the way I look at it says I can't, I mean, a young lad. Came and got some bait off me the other week. He's never had any bait off me before, and we were just chatting. And I said, "Oh, uh, I suppose you're root bait mad, are you?" Um, he says, "Yeah, yeah, I like the baits, the the special baits and that." I said, "Well, you know, I said if someone can make a good bait, like this bag of bait here I'm giving you, why would you think you can get anything what's any better? Like, if you think that bait's any good, why why do you need anything other than say?" The matching hook baits to that, well, you know, uh, I just don't, I don't get it really. Uh, don't get me wrong, I, I have gone on waters where bright hookbaits um, are well-out fish uh, and match that baits, uh, and even all the time, but sometimes at different times of the year. But, um, I mean, all my hook baits that I make, uh, and I'm even going back to making my own fluoros now, because I used to have, I was having them made for me for two years, but I'm not entirely happy with them, to be truthful with you. Uh I was never he never sat well with me signed something that I didn't actually make. So in the end I've decided I'm back to making my own impact pop-ups as you call them, whatever. Yeah, good man. The bright the bright ones. Uh he never he never sat with me. One reason why it never sat with me properly is because the chap had never disclosed to me what levels he was putting in such a cast again, which I said to him, Well do you think I don't know what it's effective at like? And he said, Well, um, I, I can't tell you why I'm using it at. And then I thought, well, I said, all right, then I'll I'll buy some off you. Because uh, it was always a pain in the arse doing the bright ones because I've got a busy little unit where I'm making loads of baits, So you've got to have yeah. everything clean. It's a pain in the arse, as you know. You've yeah. got everything. Everything's I mean, it's like you. I bet you don't roll it baits at the same time as you're rolling baits because you just can't do
0: it. Oh, absolutely. Mate, uh, no, there's, it's one day. So it's like we're rolling tree fruit that day. That is it. <laughs> like nothing yeah. else can, can be rolled.
2: Uh- everything's got to be spotless clean has it a hundred percent yeah um but anyway it never sat well with me um and the other thing was um when i actually i bought some of these baits off in these blanks um and they got a few things in them so there's a couple of other powders that weren't in them so i knew i could solubilize them uh and get them in there so i thought well they're going to be near as damn it sort of thing but the very first time I got any, I did actually take them on a very, very easy water. I mean, it was freezing cold, though, as well. It was the end of November. It was freezing. But my hoop baits were my, my pop-ups, my bright ones that I'd already rolled. They did fish; these other ones. Um So even straight away, I thought, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, I thought I'm not 100% sure on this. But to be fair uh, to the bloke who was having them off, they were, they were decent enough. The buoyancy of them was good, and the durability was good. Um, and the lads have caught loads on them. I mean, I don't use bright sheep that much. Um, and the lads have caught loads, and they've caught some big fish. I mean, they've caught that big in, in the other park in Stoke a few times, and that's a big fish for the idea £35. But, yeah, I just, just decided to go back rolling rolling, them myself. I mean, uh, it's going to be a bit of a pain in the arse, cleaning everything off all the time but i'll think i'll just set aside days for doing them so i haven't got it intermingled yeah. with days yeah the bait. yeah you
0: got you got to run yourself i mean the thing is you can there's so much you can do with a hook bait that you can't with a feed bait and vice versa there's so much you can do with a feed bait you can't with a hook bait i think that's the beauty of them but i mean okay yes i sell hook baits i don't need to sell hook baits like i don't I don't basically I don't make any money from it. By the time I have to pay for well, things,
2: you, you, the website got, you, and shit,
0: you just don't, mate. You, I
2: think the, I think the bait with you, the what you're doing, is just a bit of an obby Watch turned into something what can just sort of pay for itself if you like. Hundred percent.
0: Hundred percent. You've
2: got yeah. you've got your main thing that you do for a living, you know, your nutrition stuff, what you do. Um and then obviously I think you just took the angle with the bait. Yeah. If it pay if it pays for your obby sort of thing, then exactly. it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. It's a passion for you, isn't it? The same as just for all of us who are interested in bait.
0: Yeah, I just, yeah, I freaking love bait. I get immersed in it. It is, it, it's, it. To be honest, it's more of a hobby to me than angling itself. Like, I know that sounds odd, but it just is. I just
2: I really is, fucking there's, love there's, bait. There's, there's been times with me, mate, where I haven't even been that bothered about getting fishing because I've been that immersed in what I'm doing with bait. Yeah.
0: But you have to go out and test it, don't you? Or you have to have people testing it. For yeah,
2: you. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I've generally always tested everything. Um, I've always generally been the first person to yeah. test anything. Uh, I have. To, I have had a couple of things where I haven't I haven't bothered with. Uh, I mean that Frank that Frankie mixer sal so now. I didn't really test that. Um, I just let the lads test it. But I was a hundred percent sure that that was going to be a real good bait anyway before I even before I even gave it to anybody I just knew it was going to be a very good bait but,
0: but how amazing is it like formulating a bait maybe testing it a bit yourself and then sending it out to you know a, probably a small group of really good anglers having them test it for you so it's like like they're working whilst you're not that is such an amazing feeling for me and it's, it's fairly new to me obviously um, I haven't been selling bait anywhere near as long as you uh, I've been rolling it for a long time but having field testing and stuff, it's a luxury, right? Because these people are out there testing your theories and that is, that's an you've amazing got thing. Gives you more you've power, it. doesn't it? More scope to to get better.
2: Yeah, you've got, you've got to trust them, are not you? You know, it's hard getting it. Oh yeah, yeah. You need the right people. Game. I mean, the bait game's a weird game, mate. I mean, it's very weird. Um, You know, I've had like, some I, I've had some good anglers who have come to me on the strength of the podcasts are done with you, but they haven't lasted. They haven't lasted. People are weird, mate. I mean, I've had people saying me bait's the best bait they've ever used, but they won't use it anymore because they don't sort of gel with me kind of thing. But <laughs> thats it's just a funny business. It's a weird business. I've been doing it quite a long time now and it's a funny game.
0: Yeah. Bait bait is like people's diets. Like They'll get like subscribed to a certain bait or a certain diet and then they seem very... It's like almost a fucking religion to them, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's
2: odd world. Very odd. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's not many people doing it as well now. I mean, the bait world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's lots of people doing it. Loads of people doing it. But, but I mean, is- it's, like, it's like with the oot baits, though. I mean, I do look at... Um, I have a look at some some pages for baits and stuff. And... I see some of them they've got like 20 things that they're supposedly putting in these yeah. and, I'm think, and i'm thinking to myself i mean what what levels are you putting them in I so you actually put them in at any level that's going to be um a factor in the success of the upgrades and i think I'm, I'm just looking at the stuff and thinking because it wouldn't pop up you know, that, that wouldn't even make a pop-up yeah and the thing is like more is not
0: better like i don't i certainly don't add in like as much good sh- you know quote-unquote good shit as i can because things conflict with one another don't they and you 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 design a bait you want it to go down a certain avenue and uh <laughs> you can't do that by just adding in everything that has a proven track record you know generally you're not going to make the no. best bait you can do by doing that it doesn't work like no that. no
2: definitely not i can say i mean uh, i i see some of these lists of things that they're putting in and i just think Oh, for them can't even be in there. at any any level worth even putting in. Yeah. So I just don't understand it myself. Yeah, you know, especially when it, when it's a when it's a pop up because there's only so much you can put in there, isn't there.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. For buoyancy, you're on about, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah, I mean, you, you, hopefully you're relying on your refined milks for the buoyancy. Um Like They will get weighed down. They'll get hampered down. As you say, there's only so much you can do. But to be fair, it's not that much of an issue because there's only so much you need to do. Again, you want to go down a certain avenue. Yes, have it backed up by X, Y, and Z, but I think there should be certain themes of baits, like it's it's working off of X or it's working off of Y. I don't think it should work off of X, Y, and Z necessarily. I don't think that makes the most effective bait.
2: No, I mean, like like you say, um, it's like the old complementary system for making a feed bait, if you like. So, if you're using certain things in your bait in powder form, you should be sh- should be using certain liquids to complement what you're doing with the powders. And I, and I suppose that's that's the way that you you can design a nit bait as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of avenues you can go down, isn't there? I mean, it's fucking never ending, Um, and 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 in a large part, that is what makes it so compelling, isn't it? Because there is so many fucking variables. You're never gonna you wouldn't no one will ever master the bait game, Um, and I mean, you know a hell of a lot about bait far more than than most people alive, but you're never gonna complete it. You're never
2: gonna know everything there is to know about bait. I'm sure you'll agree with that. That's the beauty of it. You could spend exactly. ten you could spend ten lifetimes doing this, yeah. And you could come up with, you know, I mean, I, I'm happy with all the baits that I sell, um, or I wouldn't be selling them. But you could come up with an. I mean, Jeff Bowers sells quite a lot of different baits, and I bet you any money they're all it decent. Loads. I bet you any money they're all decent catchers. It just, just shows you how many different permutations there is. He, he he. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to
0: misquote anything, but he must sell over 10 different types of baits, right?
2: Oh, more, more than that. He sells more than 10 different baits. Yeah, I'm being conservative. What, 15, 20? I don't know. It must be 15, 20 at least. 20, yeah. I reckon 20, you know. But he's been doing it a long time. I think what happens with Jeff is, I think he does similar to what I sort of have done. Yeah, I mean, I don't sell that many, nowhere near. But um, if he gets something new and he likes it, he'll make a bait for it. So when you've been doing it as long as him, that means you make you make quite a few baits, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think there's probably people that are. It must be hard for him to discontinue a bait if he's got. I mean, so many people use his baits. Yeah. How are you going to tell him? Yeah. Oh, sorry, not doing that one anymore. Not doing that one anymore. He 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 probably he has to keep him on, doesn't he? Mm.
2: Yeah, there'll, there'll be people who'll be using baits of his, like the uh, over 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the bait I sell the most of, the Super Orange. I mean, that's a 15 year old bait now. And I still sell more of that bait than anything else.
0: Yeah. Here's a silly question for you, which is it's, it's a bit juvenile, really. But if you had to use one <laughs> bait, I like juvenile, mate. You know I'm quite immature. <laughs> if you had to use one bait, it doesn't have to be a boilie. One bait, forevermore. It's the only bait you can use. What would you pick and why?
2: Probably would Probably would say a boilie.
1: Yeah.
2: I'd probably, I'd probably a boilie then. I'd probably, I'd probably, eh? What boilie? Well, I mean, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. A good bait has peanuts, mate, <laughs> and the, they are a good bait. Peanuts are, but you can't use them everywhere, can you? I mean, I've never been a tiger nut man, I've never used tiger nuts. To see, you never use tiger nuts, not really. No, I think I've only ever used tiger nuts about three times in as long as I've been car fishing. <clears throat> wow, yeah, I've used peanuts a bit. Yeah, peanuts, uh, uh, peanuts are, yeah, I love peanuts, very good. I like, I like sweet corn as well, but at the same time, um. I think you'd have to be a little bit mad to say that he wanted that the only bait you ever used would be sweet corn, because it, it's just a nightmare, isn't it, if you got species, it? yeah. yeah. It's just a nightmare, but, mm. yeah, I mean, don't really think I'd ever want to have to use one bait forever, mate, would you? No, no, I wouldn't. You know, because it's like, you find that big and up the corner. Sucking snail eggs off the, off the pads, like, and you think to yourself, well, oh, that's just prime for a piece of bread, that isn't it? <laughs> so you get a piece of bread on that one, wouldn't you? Or you find one in the edge, you just go oh, and handful of sweet corn and do for that, and you put an handful of sweet corn in it, and you catch that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, as good as boilies are, they're not always the best bait, are they? Let's be honest.
0: No, no. I
2: mean, no, don't definitely. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think that. There ain't many fish swimming that you won't catch on a boilie at some point.
0: Um, And more to the point, you you can, okay, so maybe they might be, you know, you know, scarfing down zebra mussels. They might be, you know, quote unquote, preoccupied with certain things, Daphnia or something. But if you have a very good quality boilie, you can turn them. And over time, okay, maybe not when you first find them, but over time, you can get them hooked. No pun intended. You can get them on that boilie, can't you? you can get them eating it regularly with enthusiasm.
2: Well, I mean, that that's like when we're saying, starting to talk about targeting big fish. Because I, I mean, I've fished for quite a long time and I have fished by a few different waters. But things have changed and I love a lot in the, in the time period that I've been carp fishing. For, I mean, when I say big carp, when I say that, I'm referring to like the big carp in the waters that I fish for. So they might only be uh, ranging from twenty. I mean, I fish for big fish, like you know, fish over over forty pound. Um, but things have changed an awful lot. It's like when you read about the old results that people used to get that used to back up the H M V theory, how they always used to catch these big ones quick on them um, on these H M V style boilies, and and I can explain a lot of that away as well. And I've done that. And I've seen that. I've done that in a few waters. Uh, and 90% of the time, it's always in the same similar sort of scenario. It's always in the same sort of scenario. And it's always in the same sort of scenario how people would have been doing it 40 years ago. Uh, we could talk about that, really, because that's definitely something. And you can still do it today. But you, can, you won't find many waters where you can do it anymore. because, so what, because... Expand on that a bit. Well, what, what I've noticed over the years, if you go on a water, and like I say, it's very rare that you'll do it today, and you've got some, let's say, we'll just call them big fish. right? We won't call, I mean, you know, we'll just say the big fish in the lake, the, the fish that are the biggest ones in the lake. Yeah. Now, if you go on a water, I've always found, and there's not a great deal of bait going in there. So I suppose you, I mean, it might be a reasonably rich water, but it's usually a bit more market marked the the outcome is if it's not overly rich. But if there isn't load of bait going in and you start going on there with some quality bait, say a good fish meal, I've always found that you'll catch, if there isn't loads of bait going in, you'll catch the big fish quite quickly. And you generally do that. On, on most places, if you go on with a with a good quality bait, but how many waters can you find nowadays with any big fishing? whereas all anybody fishing?
0: A few and far between.
2: They ain't many, is there? No. You know, and 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 I, and I think I think what why that why the outcome of that always happens is because I think generally it's a free meal for them, so they get straight onto it. And I think generally the bigger fish, uh generally a little bit greedier, to be honest with you. I think mm. I think they like they like they like the fact that they've can find a lot of free food and they just seem to turn onto that food source very quickly. Well they you need know. to maintain their mass as well, don't they? they need- exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I mean I'm not necessarily I don't necessarily believe that all big fish are always the greediest ones in on the lake, but a mm. lot of them are a lot a lot of them are greedy. Mm. A lot of them are. You know, a lot of them eat a lot, don't they? I mean, I've watched big fish feeding and stuff, and it's uh, it's unbelievable how much they can eat.
0: I mean, yeah, but the, I'm sure of all... I mean, there's these legends, a lot of it's bullshit, but I'm sure, you know, so I'm sure you have, and I have, fish waters where you, you'll be up a tree, you'll see a big fish, and it is big, it's got a big frame, it's got a good amount of meat on it. But it just does not get fucking caught now whether it's eating anglers bait or not but it's it's sucking and blowing in a different who knows but there are fish there that i don't know you could argue maybe they don't have quite the appetite that others do but they still get big they're still getting big somehow and that must be Gene- sort of oh,
2: that's genetics isn't it? you know that's genetics mm. um but there's um i mean we'll talk about that well i'll talk about i'll talk about another Local water here to me. Um, I won't give the name of it away because there's people fishing it in there. Um, but there's big fish in there that definitely have not been caught. Maybe not even ever. Maybe never even caught. And they're not massive. When I say big, they're over 35 pounds. Um, but I just believe that they just don't eat anglers bait and they never will do. I just don't I just th- I just think there's some fish that just do not eat angler's baits and they just eat natural food all the time. Quite agree
0: with you. So are they spending most of their day sucking in these smooth uh, small food items that have small caloric value or and they just have a very slow metabolism? What do you think's at play there?
2: Well, another water they fished, um which is an interesting place. Well, it's, it's a really interesting place. It's only a tiny place. Strawberry Fields in Kent. Now, it, get, it gets a bad press, but it's basically people don't know what they're talking about because I know all the history of that lake. Uh, in
0: Kent? But, I thought that was in um, Strawberry uh, Fields. It's
2: in, uh, it's in Kent, mate, Strawberry Fields, as i it. It's not
0: in Somerset, no?
2: No, it's in Strawberry Fields. Oh, it's, no. <laughs> it's, in Kent, in Kent, it's in Kent, mate. Right. Uh, uh, it's in Kent and... Um, Pretty pally with Len. I've only fished it. How many times have I fished it? Think I've fished it three times, but it's a long way from here, from Stoke. And um, I've spoke to Lenny, who owns that lake, and he's a real old character. And the fish in there, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's an acre in size, mate. I mean, you you just you won't even believe when I tell you how many fish there is in there. Go on. The first time I ever fished that lake, right, I knew there was some big fish in there. I think the big one had gone £60 then, and that was stocked at um, £4. I've seen the picture of it when it got stocked in 1996, I think it went in £4, it's now £63. And um, I found out at eight of it, and so I rung him up to try a session. So I've seen the pictures of these these fish, and I thought, oh, there must only be new, small. So I thought, can't be any more than that, thirty fish in there. So I rings him up and I'm chatting to him. So I says, so so says, so, how many fish is there in the lake? And when he told me there was hundred and fifty fish in the lake, I went, what? I went, a hundred and fifty fish in the lake. And he said, yeah, he said, trust me, mate. Says this is not an easy lake, and I thought, no chance. <laughs> right. I'm telling you now, right? There was 150 fish in that lake the first time I fished it. There's even more in there now. Yeah. And it did a fish, a fifth, a new, a new one that I think it was a sort of been caught before. That lake, right? Has now got a 63 pound common in it. Another common that's just under 60. Another common that's done 57 that was spawned in the lake. It wasn't even stocked. Um, A mirror that's done 53 that was stocked at about four pound. There's about, I think there's 12 fish in there over 40 pounds. And then there's about another 200 carp in there. It's insane. By rights, they shouldn't even grow. And he doesn't feed them.
0: Hmm. that's just that's just fucking mind warping i mean does he but definitely not you, feed him?
2: I, I, I am telling you now right it's one of the hardest waters i've ever fished. you see the fish all the time which you would do because it's one acre well the first the first time i ever fished it in 2013 uh the 23 and a half merry. Uh, Which was a pretty rare fish. He told me it doesn't come out very often whatsoever. It's still in there, but it hasn't grown much. I think it's about 28 pounds now. And we were there for five days. And I think for the entire time that we were there, bearing in mind there was a hundred and I think he said there was a hundred, as I said, there was 120 or 150 fish in there. And there was only another three fish out the whole time we were there. Jeez. And I spoke to lads on there, um, who are fairly local, and they all said how tricky it was. Uh, and, you know, it took them a fair long time to work out how catching from there. But it's it's no runs water. I mean, on paper, that just looks like a turkey shoot, doesn't it? Mm. <clears throat> but it's unbelievable. And, and he reckons that... Um, he reckons that the big fish in there a lot of the time they're feeding on small roach and stuff, small roach and rod yeah, and perch yeah, and like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Because there's loads of them in there. There's loads of little, little tiny. I mean, there's big roach in there, big rod and big perch, but there's plenty of fry in there. But I mean, but if it... there's
0: if there's a lot of big fish in there and they're just mostly eating fry, there must be a fuckload of fry in there to. They're going to run out of fry, aren't they,
2: Sam? That place just bends your mind, mate, Because you can't work out the you can't work out the science of any of it. It's why the fish are massive? How they survive? Mm. Why they don't get caught all the time? Oh, oh, honestly, mate, I mean, it, probably not your cup of tea. But I mean, it's worth it's worth fishing that just for the experience because that is a tricky water. I'll tell you. I mean, in my book, somewhere that's tricky is somewhere where you're on the fish all the time. You can see them, but you can't catch them.
0: Mm. Yeah, you know the problem
2: though.
0: What's that? People, they're not using the right type of hook bait, yeah, possibly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, send, send Lenny a pot to your hook baits down in time. Go do a few hours, exactly, on there. mate. <laughs> problem solved, problem solved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they've got, there's loads, there's loads of people been on there, mate. It's, it's, a, it, I'm telling you now, it's a very tricky water that place is.
0: J- yeah, jokes aside though, what a water to test. So, like, I think, uh, you know. I think the right hook bait can really make a difference. what That's a perfect water to test that theory on, isn't it?
2: Well, the, la- the last person that went down there with my bait and caught, he caught two or three, and he caught them all on single, super orange, match the pop-ups. He didn't put any bait in whatsoever, and he caught all three on on them. Yeah, you sent um, me some of them, didn't you? Yeah, they are going to hook bait them, mate. I'd like a pound for every, every fish they've caught. I mean, they they've caught... A lot of the big fish that my baits caught in this country there, mm, mm. yeah, course, course, some big fish there. Got I'd but,
0: like to yeah. fish there, but it's just not the kind of fucking water that would that would do it for me. It sounds horrible to be honest. Just a ram, no, it's not, small it's, pond. It's not it's not, horrible. it's
2: not. it's not horrible. It's not horrible. Um, what do you mean ram with fish or ram with anglers?
0: ram with fish if it's an acre and there's 150 fish in there yeah, that but Sam, Sam,
2: if, listen though if if you're such a good angler and you can go on these sort of low stock waters and whatever and target these fish which personally speaking like from when i've when i've done fishing like that on big waters i always think they're easier catching the yeah i water. agree with you i agree personally, yeah, yeah, speak, yeah. personally speaking like i yeah. i do uh the biggest water i've fished much 70 acres trentum yeah there's a few hundred in there but I certainly wouldn't call a few hundred fish and seventy acres round. And you know. So yeah. that's not um, bad though. That's that's not too bad at all, to be fair. No, it's not bad, but it, you can blank on there for a long time, mate, if you don't know where the fish are. Mm, sure, yeah. You know, um, I mean I, I, I fish loads of different types of waters. I fish small waters with all the any fish in, uh some waters with loads of fish in, small waters and I don't necessarily have the opinion that these waters with like twenty fish and twenty acres of the Irish waters personally like. I don't. I don't believe that at all. It depends on a lot of factors, but I don't.
1: I don't yeah. believe.
0: It. Yeah, there's a lot of variables, isn't there? Do you know what we need to do? We need to. But what is Strawberry Fields? Is it like? Do you book it for a week at a time, or is it like a syndicate? No, you,
2: no, you can. No, it's, it's just day ticket. You can go. You can go down whenever you want. Just there. Uh, if we had a, I mean I think he only lets I think he only lets five five pain anglers on there at one time. He's got I think the six swims, one swim he calls the bailiff swim. And it's very rare he'll let he whenever I've been down there, he doesn't let people in that swim. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's the bailiff swim, so he'll have I think he does let people in it, but I think whenever I've asked him I've like I said, I've only fished it three times. Yeah, I mean one of the lads who has bait off me's me, been down a few times, he's never even had a bite. But most people who are no fish, have never even had a bite. Mm. Well, I, mate, we'll have
0: to have a little social. We've never fished together. We've only met each other in the flesh once. We'll have to go down. Yeah, we'll go to we'll go Strawberry Fields. I'll <laughs> mate. Pitch our fucking baits against each
2: other. How about that? We'll do a podcast hey, on it. Hey, hey, mate, I'm not joking you. That water blows your mind. I, I mean, everyone who I talk to, I mean, I talk to some people who've got lakes and stuff, and I've got friends who've got lakes, and nobody can actually believe... Um, anything about the statistics of that strawberry field because it just blows can't, your mind. Can't fathom it. Just blows it. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, how they keep growing um, and maintaining the weight. Well, I mean, it does see bait, but Jesus Christ, mate, that many fish and that many big fish in there. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously a very good strain. I mean, I think the reason why it gets a bad press is because the, the original stocking that he had um, they were all imported from Holland and I think he had one big fish. I think he had one big fish, but that was dead within ten years. So all the fish that are in there now have all grown to that weight in the lake. So so for me, you know, I I like I don't I aren't much for fishing for fish that have been stopped at big weights. Um for me, like they're a legitimate target and they're fairly they're fairly old now, them fish as well. You know, they are gaining up to thirty years old. Well, they probably are about thirty years old.
0: yeah well mate it's it's those kind of things that are like i don't know makes you think well fucking hell perhaps you don't know and you're absolutely right about the the large waters that are low stocked you just got to find those fish once you find those fish you know they they they're going to probably be quite turned on to a food source they're going to be quite easy to catch compared to swarm wall. i mean you've fished uh home pool haven't you Uh, and i've fished there before yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah um yeah blanks on that Blanked on there this year, Sam. That's the first you... time I've ever been first you time I've ever been. Recently, have you? We went in the early spring. We went in April, it was freezing, mate. Didn't My... I thought what? it was sold? Dave sold it, right? Yeah, it... yeah, it is sold, yeah. We're... But we're still it's still open.
0: Ah, okay.
2: We went in a... we went in early April and um I came out last in the draw. Uh and it was freezing cold. And I'll be honest with you, all the fish were in that obit swim. Yeah. Um and my mate was in the orbits and he's probably the least experienced angler who, who was there. Uh but he still had he had three, so he was quite happy. He had three fish, and it was cold. it was freezing every night. Is that uh, terrapin still there? I, uh I don't know. I can't remember seeing a terrapin in there. A little
0: terrapin always tearing around there when I fished it. Oh, was it? I yeah, yeah. That it used to be in that um it's like a bush that that jettisons out into the water in the top corner.
2: Well, on the Hobbits. On the Hobbits I pool. Don't, I don't, is the Hobbits, Hobbits, say if you're on the... the... The Hobbits is the big swimmer on the um, on own pool. The big the big swim, the bottom swim, before you get to the next lake. So so if the, you're end, in the, the end
0: pool. swim in the corner before you walk along the stalking bank.
2: No, no, not, no, not in there. Um, well, you aren't supposed to fish that far bank, are you? Did you like, you fished on a syndicate, did you? I, I fished it, yeah. No, you aren't supposed to. You aren't supposed to fish. That's, che- that's cheating. If you caught anything from there, Sam, that's cheating. You can't count that. <laughs> no, that's right. I used to fish it. I fed it. <laughs> but no, the Hobbit swim, he, he used to let you go around there and bait off across that brook bank, as he called it.
0: Oh, you're right by the house, are you?
2: No, no, no. The Hobbits. the Hobbit's is the, the biggest swim. So you've got the end of the lake, and then you can see the Dayseki Lake, and it's the end swim. You've got the Causeway swim. Uh, but we never really want anybody going that because it knackers that swimmer.
0: Right. Okay. I think the so orbit, they, if stand, in reeds. There's
2: reeds to the left of it. If you're standing in the shed, yeah. Yeah. Then the orbit is the swim what's on the left hand side on the end of the lake. Oh, okay. It's probably the it's probably the best swim on the lake, really, that orbit says. Well. When I, from what i've seen obviously it's, it's a
0: good swim right so okay so you're in like the the house say if the lake was in two halves you're on the half of the house no that. how can i be on the half how could I be on the off of the outside from standing in the shed because the, cool. <laughs> the shed is to the mate either that or i'm fucking i'm i'm remembering it wrong i thought were you, pissed
2: shed... were you pissed every time you went
0: there yeah probably mate <laughs> you, you know the little island and then there's well,
2: this like, big bar islands. that the,
0: the carp has to f- have to swim over to get over it, right?
2: A bar? Yeah. No, there's no bar, mate. There's no bar. Well, there is a bar, yeah, but it ain't a bar like that.
0: Right. So say... Yeah, Yeah. no, there is, mate. You know the island? There's two islands, Sam. The main island. Say say, if you were looking at the lake and the house is on your right. Yeah? Are you, are you standing
2: on the lake and looking at it? standing on the lake let's say you're standing in the in the uh, shed right uh, no no listen right right we'll walk, we'll walk down the lake right so yeah. so you start at the house start yeah. at the house yeah yeah, uh, yeah yeah and then the first swim that you come to used to be a swim called the pork pie that's not open anymore so then your first swim is the gate swim yeah so when you come through the yeah. gate yeah that's the gate yeah yeah so then you've got a swim next to that called the willow which i was in which is shit because you panned in between the gate and the next And there's swim. an island opposite that right well, there's, then you get down then you're on the island then the other swim is the shed which is in between the two islands and then the next swim then the next swim is well there's a little swim there called the bamboo and then there's the main swim called the obits so in the obits you've got all that widest part of the lake to yourself gotcha yeah there's a bar
0: but on that on that last island did you not know that you must have known that uh,
2: there's a there's a there's a bar on the shed side of the last island mate but there ain't the, the, if there's one if there's one the other side of it I've never seen it because it's been covered in weed.
0: No, it's a, it's it's a pronounced bar. You you walk across it easily, probably. Yeah, you can
2: you can from the shed. You can, no, you can't, mate. There's no bar in there, like that. mate. There's
0: one. You, there's
2: one you can. There isn't. Dave. Dave. I would know, mate, because I've been a few times and I spoke to Dave about Lake loads of times, and I've caught fish from a few swims on there. The only bar that's in there that I know about that you can walk across in waders because it's a silty lake is in the shed swim and you can walk on the left-hand side of the shed swim. If you get in the water there on the reed bed, you can walk across on a rock-hard bottom there to the yeah. other side. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm on about. But
2: you can't... You can't no, I said it's in Wally's, mate. It sticks out of the water. No, it doesn't... What do you mean it sticks out of the water? Well, you said the bar sticks out the water and you can walk across them wellies. I'd like to see wellies, mate. Well, the wellies go up to your chest.
0: Well, the fuck... it. Okay, all right. Well, let, let's say you... All right, let's say you walked across it in shorts. What, it's going to be, what, knee height?
2: It's a bit deeper than that. It's a bit deeper than that, mate.
0: Mm, I only fished it in winter, so maybe the water's lower. I don't
2: know. I don't know. It's a bit, it's a bit deeper than that. It's a bit deeper than that. If you go it's... across 10 waders, it is, it's probably about... I don't know. It's probably it's just past your waist, I would imagine no mate no yeah it is. yeah it is it is trust but, me but is the
0: water deeper
2: either side you'll, of it? Have, you'll have to get dave on mate, to to earn the lake he'll tell you
0: i'll get dave on yeah it, but is the, the water's deeper either side of it right
1: yeah not much
2: though well so it's a bar it ain't a bar like you're talking about mate so what uh, as deep as your well is now nay i think it is
0: Anyway, no. we're, we're, I'm sure we're losing <laughs> listeners right now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I remember it. Look, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't think I am. No, no, you're I, I'll definitely think some photos. You, you,
2: I'm sure you I've de- got photos. You're, de- of it. You're, definitely, you're definitely wrong, mate. Because I've fished the obby swim, I've fished the shed swim, I've fished the gate swim. Well, in fact, I've fished every swim on that lake. Um, and there ain't no bar in there, mate, where you can watch as deep as you are. Yeah, see, I had that place to myself
0: basically in winter. In the Um, winter, yeah, yeah, and only did only did days I barely fished it. To be honest with you, but I I know it pretty well. Like I, yeah, it's not a big, it's a tiny fucking lake, isn't it? Yeah, it's
2: what it's one acre. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah, exactly. Nice little lake. Shame, shame it hasn't still got the same stock, but there's still a few nice fish in there. Yeah, yeah. Just a nice place going for a social, and if you if you get a bite, it's a good chance. It's uh, what's well, going to be over twenty. You're unlucky if you catch under twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, good sized
0: fish there. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's right next to that fucking river, isn't it? That which is a bit of a worry. Um, well, right next, right next to the brook. Yeah,
2: I mean, there was there's an auto fence on it, mate, but it's turned off now, I think.
0: Yeah, but that is not a proper auto fence. It's a low no. fence. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not no. brilliant. It's no. not brilliant. No. No, yeah. not at all. But, I mean, there's there's
2: a... I don't know. I don't know. There, there's a certain
0: charm of that place, isn't there?
2: It's a nice little place, yeah. I mean, when that black eye was in there and that redfish fish it was it was a different place, you know. I saw, saw both of them fish as soon as I got there. They were big. Well, Dave uh, reckons the redfish is still in there. Well, mm, don't think he does. When I spoke to him, it hasn't been called for a long time, mate. No, I agree.
0: Wow. Well, he, the last time I spoke to him again, might be different times, but he said someone caught it. Well, someone caught a fish. Somebody caught it.
2: I can remember when it was, mate, because I went twice that year when you joined in the winter. I went in 2020 twice. And um, he told us that somebody had a fish over 40, uh, a mirror, uh, but he never got the pictures. And he said, really, the only fish it could have been was the redfish. He says, but I haven't seen that fish for years. He said, Mm
0: yeah you don't know do you no you don't I mean
2: I got on feeding and they were proper having it um, I was using that for man's arm additive in, in my uh, ground bait mix and a few other bits and bobs I was I was using a few maggots as well to be honest with you a bit of corn and that, a few broken boilies and I got on troughing big time over that far bank where, where you aren't supposed to fish from but you'll actually go round there mm. and I'm 100% convinced I saw a couple of fish that Dave thought were dead um, so, who knows? I don't know. But since Billy's had it, the new owner, it's just the same fish that keep coming out all the time, so it makes you wonder what's uh, what's left in there. You know, it, you it, know,
0: Yeah, it's odd. It, it's definitely not a pushover. I don't think it's a hard lake by any means.
2: No, because but... it's, it's that small. Um, I mean, if you've got a couple of days, especially if you've got it to yourself as well, you should catch something. But it's one of them, so like I said to you before, even on somewhere that small. Uh, I mean, he's put a few fish in now, so I think there's more fish in there. now. I think there's over 30 fish in there now because there never used to be that many in there. Um, you know, you, you, even on places like that, you don't go on and catch every time you go on there. Uh, you know, if you've only got a night or whatever, you, you won't go on and catch every time you go on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it certainly isn't rock hard, is it? No. No. So what is it now? Is it still
0: sort of holiday rental and then... Yeah, it's, exactly, it's person- exactly the same
2: it's exactly the same nothing's changed with it's it's exactly the same it still as the winter syndicate on there and then it's just uh, session booking for the rest of the year yeah,
0: yeah. right mate we have been at this for a while i feel uh <laughs> like i feel like we could we could go down many rabbit holes is there anything else you wanted to to cover on this episode
2: No, not really like i like say to i was just happy come on have a bit of a Relaxed chat. I still, we haven't really covered what we want to cover, really, but no, <laughs> it's, no. just, it's just gone down that many different avenues. But, yeah, I mean, we've had a chat. How long have we been at it for now? Three hours nearly.
0: Um. Well, it's 10 o'clock. We started at, what, half seven?
2: Yeah, yeah. Two and a yeah, half so. hours. Yeah. yeah, been doing a while,
0: yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, mate, you, you've got to come back on if you're up for it, and, and we'll talk about, I think, selecting big fish is something we could speak about a lot
2: yeah we, we're gonna get um, into that um because like i say i mean i've been caught fishing a long time i mean how, how long have you been how, how old are you now sam 38 yeah so you're 10 years younger than me so you've been caught fishing a long time haven't you? yeah
0: i was fairly late to it i i did sort of you know usual sort of silver fishing when i was younger um i was a lot later to carp fishing i think i was 18 possibly 19. Yeah, so so tw- still, 20 years still, still ago 20 still years a long ago. time
2: still a long time mm. isn't yeah
0: mm. yeah I not, mean, I... not as long as some i mean some people started carp fishing when they were like sort of like 10 years old or something that was not
2: me definitely not yeah there, there was very few people when i was 10 years old mate who would call themselves a carp angler mm. uh, you, you just didn't meet anybody who was a carp angler at 10 then i mean I suppose you this. you you get, it, you get it yeah. Yeah, you get it now yeah you get it now well they just weren't around the big fish wins I, mean, I, I was 10 when i caught my first carp, but didn't really start specifically targeting carp till i was about 14 yeah. and even 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 then that was a far cry from from what from what i do today yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah well you learn a lot don't you over the over the years you know when he's it's learning like, all the time. Learning, like, the time. yeah, you are because every water's slightly different as well. So you're yeah. always learning if you're fishing different. If you're fishing different waters, I mean, that's another thing that does always amaze me how some people can just stay on the same water for years and years and years and years and years. And years. I mean, you don't yeah. get me wrong, you get you get some waters that you probably could spend a lifetime on, but it's got to be a little bit boring just fishing the same waters for years and years and years.
0: Yeah, I think I think you can learn a lot from. From other anglers, from experienced anglers, but then you'll—if you're passionate—you quickly come to a point where you're not learning any more from talking to people. It's like the carp themselves are the biggest teacher. You know, they're the ones that are teaching you.
1: Yeah, like, hundred who, percent. Who's
0: going to teach you something right now? It's going to be the carp, isn't it? And their behaviour and their reaction to different things you're doing—that's how you learn, right?
2: Every, water's
0: isn't it? every yeah. water is
2: different, every water is different. And, uh, and
1: that's, why, that's
2: why. Sorry? In in some ways, yes, in some ways, no. Oh no, don't don't get me wrong. There's lots of transferable things when you get flipped from water to water, and that's why you can go on one water, and it's similar to the water that took you three years before you got any decent results, but you go on the next one, it takes you three months. Yeah. Because you've learned that much from the one that took you three years.
0: Most definitely. Yeah, mo- most definitely. But then uh, uh, and the thing and you can you can be attached to a certain ideal or, or certain theory for years swear blind by it proven so many times you can go on a different water and it just gets fucking blown out it, you know yeah, it doesn't work it, doesn't work the same that's there's no say, mastering yeah. there's no completion point of of this hobby that we love cart fishing and bait yeah. is a different hobby altogether really there's definitely no completion there but i think that's no. what's so compelling about it
2: right yeah it's captivating it's, it can, it can I think once you're interested in bait, then you're always going to be interested in bait. Um, you know, you. I mean, most of the older anglers that I talk to now are far more interested in bait than the younger anglers. I mean, most of the... When I say older, most of the anglers who are 50 or above who I speak to, because I do speak to a few old fossils, like, you know, <laughs> and um, most of them are far more interested in bait than every, everybody who's say thirty-five or less, you know. Because it's they started car fishing at a different at a different era. Different so era. Things, yeah. things are completely different, you know. Mm. Things are completely different. Most most people are uh, my age or above, they've all made their own bait.
0: I can't believe you're ten years older than me.
2: Yeah, I'm an old man nearly now.
0: Yeah, I thought you were younger than that. I really thought you were younger. Than
2: well, me. I must admit, Sam, I, do, I have I have aged well. I have aged well. <laughs> Fine wine, mate. <laughs> yeah. but plenty of cans of calling, mate. That oh, rubbish yeah, what yeah. you went in Guinness, <laughs> Guinness as well. Apparently. Hey, I've only do you know something? I've only had one Guinness in the old time we've been talking. See, I'm pretty pissed. I'm seven seven beers in, eight beers in. I've had one I've had one Guinness mate and that's I've been in the fridge once at the start poured myself a pint of Guinness and I haven't been back and got another one. Jeez, why is that? And, and I haven't even I don't know mate, I, I'm not drinking that much now. Um I haven't even opened me Mr. Porky pork scratchings even I brought them especially for the podcast. Jeez,
0: mate. Slacking. You 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 <laughs> uh you get into a chat though, don't you? You like talking.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. About fishing mate, yeah. yeah. You do. Yeah, so, so, so- some subjects mate i just can't be about. i i'd I have nothing to say but not fishing mate
0: <laughs> Not fishing. no sometimes we talk on the phone <laughs> this this isn't a criticism but i'm sure like i'll say like two words from the whole conversation and you're <laughs> you're on about something you're like well anyway i'll let you go good to speak and i'm like yeah yeah Like i've only said two words you're, you're very passionate mate and it's it's nice it's really nice
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah all right yeah. Dude, well look Come, come back on soon do, we'll, we'll
2: yeah do well we'll have to see how this one goes down some I mean, you never know people might not like this one
0: well I mean your first one was two years ago and then your second one was I think it was a couple of weeks that was not it we yeah, still it early, get we, we still get
2: people was it a couple of months a couple of months after the first one I think the second one was yeah
0: yeah we get yeah. messages about it all the time I think out of everyone you're yeah, you, yeah by far the most mentioned guests that we get messages about still to this day all the time
1: oh i'm very that. that. yeah,
0: yeah very honestly honest that. i'm not and i'm not yeah. i'm not just saying that i wouldn't just say that yeah um yeah. so yeah i'm sure but, it'll go down well yeah, i
2: mean like, like i say though about the um the thing where we could have chatted a bit more about targeting big fish yeah i mean i, I ain't caught the most fish in the world but i have caught the biggest fish out of quite a lot of lakes um which i'm quite proud of really uh, and, and i definitely think there's loads and loads of things that you can do i mean there's obvious ones like visual fishing and stuff like that because i have caught something like that where i've seen them and stuff uh but there's there's lots there's loads of things and there's loads of things related to bait uh capture history and different things like that, age of the fish there's there's stacks of things i think that you can implement that'll help you catch the bigger fish in, in the lakes while you're fishing i agree with you i agree with you totally
0: totally and there's there's patterns isn't there and then generally I don't know if you would agree with this <clears throat> let let's say there's sort of like the four of the older school fish I'm just using that number as a as a as a useful number once you kind of unlock it like you get one and you're like okay that's my theory I think that you get another one you're kind of locked on and then it almost becomes easier to to catch the older you know what some people would say the the eighteen is <laughs> because you kind of figure it out for that water. Have you found that?
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, I, like I say, I've fished loads of massive cross section of waters, and I've been lucky on some places, because there's been hardly any other serious competition in, in, on, on those waters to catch like the bigger fish. I've always found that just good baits and poorly tins just works a treat straight away. But well, you don't always get that luxury, there. You? you know, no, no,
0: no. Especially I mean, not busier waters.
2: It's um. Well, that's what that's what I mean. You know, if you if you if you are anywhere now, and there's any good fish in there, there'll be somebody else who's trying to catch them as well, won't they?
0: Of course, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. All right, Just, mate. just pouring myself another Guinness now. Sam, you have reminding me. I'm a bad boy. only, only drinking one
0: oh gee i thought we were wrapping up yeah we are mate don't worry i'm gonna have this no i'm not trying to get rid of you i just feel like the podcast has come to that end but i mean if we do wrap up now i'd love to get you back on like soon you know within a no fuck it even in a week or two if you if
2: you're up for it um yeah i mean i I I can can chat about fishing forever mate like you say it's it's my passion so yeah. anything else on the night time so i made to spend most of the day thinking
0: about fishing and talking about fishing so yeah that there, there's there's definitely a lot in your in your brain regarding cart fishing i know a lot of people would find it fascinating i probably need to get better at extracting it out of you and figuring out what questions to ask when um mm. i just need to get better at interviewing but
2: i'll be honest with you I think you're quite quite good at it. You're pretty accomplished, at it now, because you've done it quite a number of times. And I just cross um, it
0: through, mate? I just wing
2: it. Totally wing mate, it. I think it always comes across pretty good, mate, to be honest with you. Mm, but you. Um, I mean, I started doing this podcast where I'm doing, and at the minute, I'm just sort of um, interviewing anglers who've been at it a long time, because I know, I know you shouldn't say, it, but the more on my level because I've been doing it a long time. So I like, I like listening to the history about what they've done and what they've caught and how they've learned this and they've moved on to here and done that. Um, so that's sort of the area that I'm doing at, at the minute. I mean, we do go right up to, up to modern stuff. I mean, like I said, the last one that I did uh, with John, it, it ended up contemporary because of the water is he's on now and, the results he's had with these special bags, like a, like, they were very similar train of thought to this for Manzim that I came up with for solid bags. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's caught way bigger fish than what I've caught. I've mean, only had him to like low thirties on that, and he's had some big fish to forty seven pound. And them th- them really are big fish from the Midlands. They're monsters, you know, forty seven pound. That's a big fish. I mean, it's a big fish from anywhere, but from the, from this area of the country, the Midlands, that's the real big fish.
0: This is what's been caught on this firm enzyme product, right?
2: No, no, no. This is, this, uh, like I like say, he came up with the same idea for these super boosted bags with certain additives, um, and, and he was using it and uh, and it was this very similar thing. You'll have to listen to the podcast I've done if yeah. you can, yeah. And uh, but it was it was a mad coincidence that we both came up with the same thing at the same time. But the problem with what I have is I come up with something test it for a bit, catch a few fish on it, and then I ditch it off and just think, well, that's all right now. People can use that and bite off me, and they I'll start messing them up with something else. Yeah. I mean, it's like, at the mo- it's like at the moment I've been using the oldest bait that I've got that I came up with in 1996 because I've never caught a 30 on it. I've never caught an English 30 on that bait. It's the only bait where I've ever made and I've never caught in it. No, the nut baits have never caught a 30 on that. And um, I just want, I just thought to myself, I'd like to catch a big fish on that bait because Caught loads of fish on it years ago, and I, and I don't sell much on it, but it'd just be nice catch a bigger on it. So I've been messing about with that. But I'm a bit crazy, really, sometimes, because people say to me, well, why do you use this all the time, all that, all the time? But I've heard Frank Warwick say it. He, he enjoys catching fish on different methods, and I'm a bit the same. I, I enjoy tinkering around and just catching on different ways and different baits and stuff. It's part I do enjoy that. You know, I do enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, there's a bit of a thrill in it, isn't it? I mean, it's. Yeah,
1: I mean, Again, talking, I, I said this talking.
0: earlier, like, we're, we're as bait makers, we are all looking, you know, whether we want to omit it or not, we are all looking for that fucking magic sequence to happen where it just it, it just outfishes everything else. We're all looking for that. I don't know well, people say. Uh,
2: no, 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 I'll be totally honest with you, Sam. I ain't, mate, because I don't think you will ever find that.
0: Yeah, but you, but you still have that little glimmer in you, right? I know you do.
2: Well, we spoke about it before, and car fashion has changed that much now. The reason why I even had an idea for this, for man's arm stuff um, that I'm selling for bags and sticks, is because I've noticed that the way you've got to catch them sort of changing. It's all, a lot of it's about attraction now. And I was talking to another angler I know, very good angler. I won't mention his name. We just had a he's just had a 62 the other week, and that's in England. Um and we were talking about it, and you know, he, he says it's the same on the Water East fishing, it's all about attraction. You know, a lot of it now is all about attraction. And um, I mean, I, I know you, this will be playing right into your hands because that's because then you'll go, Well, yeah, that's why I need these super baits. but it's all about <laughs> It's all about the attraction of your trap, you know, getting the right signals in the water, solubility, ground baits, different powders and stuff, doing things to your bait. And, and I think it is now on a lot of busy waters because you've got a lot of, you've got lots of waters now as well, as well, where the owners are feeding the lakes. I mean, I know you don't fish anywhere what, what's like that, but there's mm. a lot of waters where you're doing it now.
1: Mm.
2: But you're fishing lakes where, where, where you're pre baiting all the time and you're all pre baiting. So it's a similar scenario. Some of them,
0: yeah, yeah, some of them. But I mean, no, pre baiting a lake is very different from a stock of fish that has been constantly fed ever since it was, you know, a sea.
2: Yeah. Oh, to- very totally different, mate. Totally different, mate. Totally yeah. different. Yeah. I agree with, I agree with you entirely. Um, because back in, like, I call it the golden years when I started serious carp fishing, pre baiting was a massive edge. And it still is now, I would imagine, on the It is water. an
0: edge. Oh, it is. Oh, it really uh, yeah. is.
2: On, on the right waters yeah but i i i don't fish anywhere now and i haven't fished anywhere for ages uh well i have one water but it was you know it, it, it was it was exactly like the old scenario where you go on with some bait and you'll catch the biggest fish in the lake pretty quick because there's nobody putting anything in there it was just one of them scenarios um wasn't the richest lake in the world we were old fish um but there's i haven't fished anywhere now with any big fish in for ages where pre-baiting is even viable. Yeah.
0: It's difficult. Banks are busy now, aren't they? There's a lot of fucking anglers. The
2: the, the only time you can sort of pre-bait, if you like, is whilst you're fishing, and then hope you can drop in same swim the following week. Mm. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, because I always think that bait that goes in the lake you can even sometimes sacrifice a session and think to yourself, well, I'm going to try to get about six kilo in this week so they can have a good taste of it. And you might think to yourself, at the end of the session, I've overcooked the bait and that's why I haven't caught. i put way too much in, but then you can think to yourself, well, at least a fair few of them have had a taste of it now for the next session.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. Something's better than nothing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, because... We, if you believe in this attachment thing with bait, and you can get them looking for that search image of your bait, then the more bait you can get in, the better. Mm.
0: Of course, yeah, yeah. We should do it this. Uh, we should do this social. Me and you should should meet up. Anyone else can come if they want, but I mean, we should meet up, have a little bit of a fish off, and uh, we'll maybe record a podcast. Love
2: strawberry. strawberry field social. Go on the mad place, Strawberry Fields. I'm up for it. I'm well up for it. It's a crazy place, that, Sam. It'll blow your mind. Wait, when It'll did you last fish up. it? I haven't fished it for four years. I fished it three times. Twice in 2013, uh, I caught one, lost one, the first session. Second session, well, as good as lost one. I had taken, yeah, that, that was a bit of a disaster. And then the then the third the third time I went, I must have had, mate, I had about four weird takes that session. And I just think they're just riggy as anything, mate, because it's that small the Lakers. Yeah. it really is a it really is a, a strange Well, you'll see if you go. You'll see if you go. Matt if if you can catch one out of there, right, I'll say this now on the podcast. If you can catch one out of there on your first or second night, I'll take my hat off to you. Bet on okay, bet on challenge accepted. It, I'll give it. It a really, guess. it really is a very tricky water. I tell you. Hmm.
0: Did you say you're friends with the owner?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty poly with Lenny. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like don't talk to him all the time, but he'll be in my swim all the time if we go down there, mate. Having a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> and is it, it like
0: it's easy to get a place on there, or you got to sort of know someone what?
1: No, I
2: anyone can confess you, just ring him up. I, if, you wanted, if you wanted to do a social down there with me and say, say four of us went down there, I'll just ring him up and book on and just pay him the money and then we go down.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. We, sort of, I'm serious about it. I'm deadly serious. I always think he's been feeding them with uh, hot dogs or something because he always tells you <laughs> the best bait. In, he always tells you the best bait in there. He says, boy, there's a crap in here. Uh Hot dogs or something like I always say to you, or mussels or cockles or whatever. Uh, and I always used to say to my mates, you must be injecting the hot dogs with steroids because the fish got that big.
0: <laughs> Why does he say hot dogs? That's weird. That's an odd thing to say.
2: Hot dogs are a good bait on there, mate. They caught loads of fish out of there. I never caught, mm. have, you never, have you never caught a carp on a hot dog? I've caught them on pepper army. Yeah, well, hot dogs down there, mate. Hot dogs is the way, is it? <laughs> oh mate oh mate that that lake will blow your mind if we go down there we'll have some fun trust me yeah we should should. we'll see if your super baits work in there mate
0: this is what i want to do this is what i'm hoping for we'll 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 pitch them against the uh we'll pitch them against your hot dogs how about that you've got you've got a frankfurter bait haven't you
2: I i won't be i won't be yeah i won't be using hot dogs mate
0: what will you be using
2: never
0: you mind what i'll be using <laughs> will you <laughs> use one of your baits i'll use one of opti baits and we'll we'll see we'll see what comes out tops
2: yeah
1: yeah Deal. i'm up for it
0: i'm up for it i'm up for it mate i'm really up for it well dean hopefully you'll come back on in the very very near future and uh yeah we'll cover the other bits we didn't get a chance to
2: cover Yeah, no worries mate it's been nice talking to you again Sam. you too take care man and you buddy bye mate.